0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Married Men Known Talk Show. Phone lines are open right now, but this show is strictly for men only. We have a few rules, and they are absolutely no profanity, no politics, and no racial stuff. The show is apolitical and race neutral, so that we can make sure that any man can feel comfortable on our show. And furthermore, fellas, the same Bible study. Tonight's topic. The 40-Year-Old Virgin? Hmm. My name is Rodney, and I'll be your host, along with my co-hosts, Tony and Darren. If you do have something to say, please feel free to do so, or if you prefer to just listen, that's absolutely fine as well. But please find your mute button right now and kindly put your phone on mute. All right. With all that said, let's get started. The 40-Year-Old Virgin was a romantic comedy starring Steve Carell. It was about a 40-year-old man's journey to finally have sex. Now, I've seen some of this movie, but not all of it, fellas. Not all of it. But has anybody seen this movie? Has anybody seen the movie The 40-Year-Old Virgin starring Steve Carell? Has anybody ever seen this movie? Yeah. Yes. Okay. What did you think about the movie?
2: thought oh, it was funny, man. It was, it was very funny. It was, um, you know, um, he had tendencies of a a kid that was a virgin, you know, sort of like when we when we first you know about to make make contact with a woman, and um mm-hmm. and other than that, you know, but it it was funny, the same things I went through at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen as a virgin, that's what he was going through at forty years
1: old, mm. got you, got you, and the film was actually a big hit back in the summer of 2005, opening at number one at the box office during its first two weeks at the theaters. The film grossed over $177 million uh, globally and was met with mostly positive reviews from noted movie critics. Now, was Steve, Carell, was Steve Carell's character Andy voluntarily or involuntarily celibate? Was he voluntarily or involuntarily celibate? No, he was involuntarily celibate. Yeah, involuntarily. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what is y'all's opinion of a 40-year-old man that is voluntarily celibate? Now, Steve, you know, his character Andy was involuntarily celibate. But what about a 40-year-old man that that's voluntarily celibate? What is your opinion on... Uh, on that guy
2: it has to be because of some strong christian morals or some kind of moral or, or trauma in the past
1: either one or the two
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah well let me intro- introduce y'all to somebody My boy Timothy Alden is with us tonight, and he's the founder and senior pastor of City of Praise Christian Church in Los Angeles, California. But y'all might know him from his appearances on the hit reality TV show, Preachers of L.A. What's up, Tim? You out there?
3: What's up, Rodney? I'm here, man.
1: What's up, man? Thanks for joining, man. And let me tell you. Glad to be on. Yeah, appreciate you. Uh, let me tell you, man. Preachers of L.A. is one of my favorite TV shows, and I'm not being facetious. I watch it every every Wednesday after we get home from Bible study. Um, yeah, and if I is. miss it, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I catch it on DVR, you know, on Thursday. But, <laughs> um, you know, when I when I saw your story, Tim, you know, I immediately reached out to you on on Twitter. And yeah. do you remember that? I do. Yeah,
3: and, you and a and whole bunch of people, other people. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I wasn't the only one, <laughs> okay.
3: and, and a bunch of, and a bunch of females as well. <laughs> oh, that's what's
1: up. <laughs> what were they saying to you?
3: Uh, there was a lot of interest. I <laughs> think because it is such a strange thing, and I do say strange because that's the kind of looks that I get when I tell people that you know I'm still a virgin, never had sex, never had a kiss. Never really been in a serious, serious relationship. And I know that's very strange. And uh gentlemen that spoke earlier talked about, you know, a moral religious conviction. and That would definitely be my reason, you know, for, for being on the journey and staying on the path that I'm on. I didn't understand the totality of why God had his hand on my life and why this was an important part of my destiny until the last few years when you look at the statistics in our culture as it relates to relationships, you kind of see how we as men, you know, our our masculinity or our manhood is kind of equated to our, you know, uh, sexual conquest with women. You see how it's glorified in the culture, in the hip-hop culture, in the rap videos, you know, it's all about having all these women and, you know, having sex with anything that, you know, has a skirt on. So Mm. uh, I didn't realize the magnitude of of my journey until I saw the need for a revolution or a counter-revolution. We all are familiar with the sexual revolution of the 60s, which has really Mm -hmm. led to the um, demise of the family unit, you know, of the one-man, one-woman union. And the sanctity of that, you know, this whole sexual revolution of it feels good, just do it with no moral conviction, you know, has really brought down our culture and really damaged our society and damaged generations. So I really see today the importance of the standard that I carry. You know, you can never raise a standard if there's not a person that's willing to bear the standard. So I have to endure a lot of strange looks, a lot of crazy accusations and people just, you know, thinking crazy things about me, but I really, you know, count it an honor to carry a standard and to be an inspiration to the next generation. I speak to youth all over the country and all over the world. I've been to South Africa several times, you know, and able to share that testimony with teenagers and youth and young adults and really see that they're looking for an
1: example. Okay. Yeah, and I appreciate that because, you know, now you've got a passion, you know, for the youth and, and the singles, but, um, you know, why do you think you have a, a passion for those groups in particular?
3: Well, if we look statistically uh what's happening with our youth is, you know, we, we know, and I, I love the title of your show, Married Men Don't Talk, you know, because these are issues that maybe aren't talked about enough, but our babies are having babies. You know, and Uh, it's so common for a teenage girl to be pregnant before she gets out of high school. And statistics also prove that in our youth and young adult demographic, they're the most prone to catch a sexually transmitted disease. Mm -hmm. And, you know, MTV and the different, you know, commercials will tell them, you know, to wrap it up, wear a condom. But it's medically and scientifically proven that condoms, do not uh, provide use of safe sex. As much as they say it's safe sex if you wear a condom, it's safer than if you don't have a condom on. But it's still not safe because many of the sexually transmitted diseases can still be, um, you know, contracted even with the condom on. Uh, HPV is the leading cause of cervical cancer in women, and that is a skin-to-skin contact disease. So. A woman can contract it if a man wears a condom, and she can also get it from a man even if the man has been to the doctor and is testing clean for any diseases. He can still carry the disease and still give it to a woman. So the the whole misnomer of safe sex with a condom is a big lie. I have a a guy that I know that says, I have five reasons why a condom doesn't work, and then he lists all five of his children. <laughs> because he was actually using the condom,
0: <laughs> and
3: the condom broke, and she still got pregnant five times. See, I got five reasons, you know, Jose and, you know, Jessica. I mean, he names all their names. And so, you know, it really is, there really is a a right way to do relationships. There's a right way to do sex. I am not an asexual person. In other words, I do, it's not that I don't have a sexuality. I have chose to submit it. You know, I have told I tell young people everywhere I go, I'm not a virgin because I never wanted to have sex. I'm also not a virgin because I never had the opportunity. And you mentioned the 40-year-old virgin, Steve Carell. You know, he was kind of like a nerdy dude. It just, things just didn't work out for him, you know. I don't claim to be the most handsome guy in the world, but I'm certainly not the ugliest. And, you know, I've had opportunities, and I've had attractive women that showed an interest. But I really put my spiritual life and my call above everything and now I see as you mentioned why do I have a passion for youth and young adults is because man they are really uh, suffering because of the lack of standard the lack of heroes the lack of role models and to be sexually promiscuous at a young age you know uh, this is probably debatable but I'll say emotionally and mentally young people are not ready for sex there's a reason why God said you know, that sex outside of marriage is a sin. It's not a sin because he's trying to keep us from something that's good for us. He's trying to keep us from something that has detrimental effects on us. And so that passion for youth and young adults, and I've seen the tears in their eyes when I speak to them, when I minister to them. Some of them have been molested by family members. Uh, Most of them want that sense of virginity back. They're sorry they lost it. And I I have to say this, as much as people will bash me and, you know, criticize me and accuse me, uh, there are more people out there that regret losing their virginity than there are people that kept it. Hmm. And that's where our youth are. They're living with guilt, shame, you know, regrets of all the relationships and all the sexual partners they've had and babies and abortions you know it's sad and they need somebody that's not just talking to talk but walking the walk and 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 they can see the sincerity in that testimony and that's what i've experienced uh being able to minister to youth all over the country and overseas as well
2: okay well, Jim, can i ask
3: you a question absolutely
2: hey this is darren man how you doing
3: good darren what's up man
2: great man uh i've seen your show and uh, I seen the show that you were on and they try to hook you up with this 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 one sister that was uh, across the table from you
4: and yes, she was sir. gorgeous
2: flat out
3: flat out oh gorgeous. she was I totally agree with you
2: okay so let me ask you this do you think that when it's time to uh consider courting a woman or uh, settle down and get married perhaps one day do you think that all the extra activities that you're involved in, like with the youth and traveling all over the world, do you think that that would be uh, that, that takes precedence over your personal life as far as courting or trying to find a wife, or uh, or do you think it's it will just something that's just just going to happen?
3: Well, I think it will flow together. I, I don't think you have to be pulled away from your purpose or your calling to meet that special someone. And as it relates to the particular young lady. You're talking about, you know, she was beautiful. I mean, when I first met her, I noticed how beautiful she was. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I am a heterosexual male, so I find females attractive. And I saw her, you know, and I thought she was very attractive. But after having in-depth conversation with her, I realized there was no spiritual compatibility there. And so what you're saying, it really ties into that situation, because if I was to get into a relationship where there was, a woman who was not spiritual enough to understand the call and the demand and didn't share that burden and that passion with me and more wanted like just a regular, you know, a regular whatever that is, a regular happily married life with the white picket fence and the dog in the house, you know, she wouldn't be able to understand and wouldn't be able to hang at all. And I'm not about to give up the calling on my life and the work that I do you know, to be married or to be with be with be with some chick, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not. I don't think that it's that it's not that important to me, to be honest with you. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that I don't get lonely. It doesn't mean that I don't think about how awesome would it be to have somebody. But man, the passion and the and the, and the burden that I carry for the work that I do, it, it's it's strong and it, it really has consumed me.
2: Well, it's just going to be hard to meet that, I would think, because you've been on this path for so so long, and for someone to try to meet that standard, it would it would just be uh she would have to be a phenomenal woman, and I'm not saying she's she's not out there, but to meet you head on and to take on what you God has got you doing, I know she would have, she would have to be on board with that, but it would just it, it would just have to be. Someone that can be uh when you say spiritually compatible, do you just mean on the same level as Christ you are or or the activities that you're involved in so you have to get on board with that? What do you mean by spiritual uh compatibility when it comes to a woman?
3: Well, I would say you know um we get you know we we have a born again experience you know we get saved, but then there's the spiritual growth process you know and people grow basically at the rate of their hunger for the things of God. And there's a lot of people that are still kind of in a lukewarm state, um, that they may not be as uh, prone to give up certain things in the world. I mean, I had a conversation with a young lady. You know, she pledged a sorority in school. I talked to her about how that affected her faith, you know, pledging to a sorority. And that's a whole other subject. I talked to her about what her standard was as far as a man that she would consider marrying, And she said that her standard for a man uh, didn't include him being a Christian. So she Mm. told me that a man didn't even have to be a Christian for her to consider marrying him. And so Mm. I knew right away when she said that there's no compatibility because, first and foremost, any woman that I would ever consider would have to be a Christian. So we would at least have to share that as a standard and a conviction. And like you said, she'd have to be a phenomenal woman. Of course, she'd have to be able to accept that, understand my call, and have a call in her life as well. And I think this is where it boils down to, is it better to be with somebody that you're not compatible with so as long as you're not alone, or is it better to be true to your life and your call and who you are and be alone? I mean, which one is better? Which one has the, you know, the worst repercussions? I think there's so many people, especially with the 50% divorce rate in our culture. You know, marriage is such a cornerstone. A lot of people will say, you know, you must not believe in marriage. I I am a firm believer that marriage is the highest institution, you know, that has ever known to mankind. Marriage was Mm. instituted before there was ever a church. You know, there was a man and a woman that were committed to one another. So I believe in it. I don't feel that it's a requirement for me to be married, to be complete, to be happy, to be whole, to be fulfilled. Uh, We know two powerful people in the Bible, Jesus and Paul, who are not married, and both of them had a lot to say about marriage, not being married. Paul spoke about marriage in Ephesians extensively. He spoke about Mm -hmm. being single and being married in 1 Corinthians 6 and 7. So, you know, it's not like I have to be married to speak or understand the dynamics of it or to believe in it. I just don't feel it's a requirement for every person and that it is possible to be happy, complete, and whole, not a weirdo, not something wrong with you, you know, and be unmarried. I think we put such a um, negativity attached to that, even church people. You know, I go to church, churches all over, and, you know, I got people trying to fix me up, as you all saw on the show, trying to hook. We got to hook him up, this poor guy. He's just so lonely. He, You know, it's not like if I didn't want to meet somebody, I couldn't. But they feel like they right, gotta right. Me up. They got to find me somebody because I'm just miserable. And I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Every day is not great. But I don't think the answer is okay. I'm lonely. Let me jump up and get with somebody that's not compatible. And and I end up, you know, it ends up turning into a nightmare. I, I'm not. I'm not ready to do that. So I'm good. If if it doesn't yeah, happen, past- I'm good.
2: That pastor thought that the girl was, I think that she said that she was saved and she was, I guess, wholesome, and she was a Christian. So I thought that that was like the minimum requirement. Okay, she's a Christian, she's she's single, and, you know, but how, what made her not compatible when she is a Christian? You just spoke of a woman that said that her husband don't have to be a Christian. That's a whole other level. But what, what what happens when a woman is a Christian? Being, where where is the standard at, at that point if the minimum is she has to be a Christian? What's the standard after that?
3: Well, I mean, I definitely think that, of course, being a Christian is the first requirement. Beyond that, it doesn't mean because somebody's a Christian that you're both Christians that you're compatible for marriage. There are so many other things just as it relates to personality, uh, conviction, dedication. I mean, let's keep it real. There are different levels Christianity you know what I mean there are people that are Christians and you know they do a lot of things you know it it depends I mean my life is I guess I came from the old school church where um, we said we were saved and sanctified (laughs) and (laughs) you know um, a lot of stuff was they told us was a sin that wasn't really a sin I mean I didn't go to the movies for 10 years 10 years I didn't step into a movie theater but you know, uh, and of course, I go to movies now. I don't go see any and every movie. You know, if I know a, a movie, if I know a movie is explicit, it relates to the sexual content. I don't go see that. So there's different levels mm-hmm. of where people are in their Christian walk. You know, um, if a person is just newly saved and they still kind of flirt with the world, you know, maybe they don't have those kind of convictions. Um, maybe they still go to clubs, like, you know, I don't go to clubs, I don't party, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I'm not bragging about that, but there's a certain lifestyle I live, and some Christians aren't there, and I don't want to say, well, they're not Christians because they go to a club on Saturday night. I don't do right. that, but it'll be difficult for me to have a woman, you know, a partner in ministry with me that still had some level elements of carnality there, you know what I mean?
1: Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that, Ronnie. Go ahead. Oh no, no. I was I'm I'm glad you said that, Tim, because you know, what really bothered me, you know, when I saw you on the show was how people, you know, were responding, you know, with the whole, you know, oh man, how did you do that? Why did you do that? You know, let's hook you up and all this stuff. I mean, you know, honestly, it, it really perturbed me when I saw it because my response to it was like, Man, this I mean this this guy is really Taking a stand here, so I mean it perturbed me, you know. But but how do you take it? Are you used to it? You know now that you get the strange looks and the, you know, I got a sister. Or, I got somebody I I, I know would be good for you. You know all this stuff. Like I was just like, you know, let that man be. I mean, it, like you said, I mean you can meet a lady tomorrow. It's not a problem, you know. So, yeah. but how, how did you? I mean, how do how do you take those, you know, those initial responses like? oh, you have got to meet my female friend. We've got to get right. you married off. You know, how, how do you take that?
3: It gets annoying to me, but I have a level of patience for it depending on who the people are. You know, the, the Cheneys who were the people on the show, the Preachers of L.A., that actually, you know, orchestrated that whole, whole event, um, they're very nice people. And I have had a lot of interaction with them. You know, they respect me. They respect my decision. Although on the show, they, I think it took them a while to get to know who I am and why I take the stand that I do. But now that they've gotten to know me, you know, I know they respect me. So, you know, when they did it, it was a little irritating. But I know that times people are well-intentioned. Yeah. And so I mm-hmm. try to look at it as I know you, you know you have great intentions. But, you know, I think we need a paradigm shift as it relates to being unmarried. If a woman is unmarried, you know, she she bears, a, uh, you know, kind of the scorn of, of everybody thinking she just can't get a man. Uh, but if a man is unmarried, and if a man is a virgin, man, our culture doesn't even know how to handle that. You know, they right away think, oh, he must be gay, you know. And which is really crazy to me to say that a man that's a virgin is gay when there are men that sleep with women and sleep with men. So the fact that a man sleeps with a woman doesn't make him not gay. So that's crazy. But our whole culture is they just expect you, you know, to be sexually active. They just expect you to have messed around. And the Bible clearly gives us, I believe the Bible. I just believe it, you know, from cover to cover. The Bible sets clear guidelines on how sex should be practiced. God gave us a sexuality. But he also gave us guidelines and instructions on the best way to practice that, the safest way to practice that. And I say safe sex is to do it the way God said do it. And when you get married, and I tell people this everywhere I go when I preach, I say, you know, when you get married, you can have all the sex you want with no guilt, no shame. The marriage bed is undefiled. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, if you get married to somebody, you know, how are you going to know if the sex is good, you know, um, you gotta experiment first and make sure i said it's not a problem if you're married if you don't get it right the first time you can do it again and if you don't get it right that time you can do it again and again and again until you get it right there's no guilt in in, in it so i believe god gave us the rules and the guidelines on how sex could be practiced and we violate those it's damaging not only damaging to ourselves but you know whenever you have sex with somebody you're not married to you're damaging yourself and the person you're having sex with and all of the people that you ought to be an example to. hmm
1: hmm Yeah, and that and I'm think, thanks for saying that, um, Tim. And do I mean do we have any brothers, you know, on the line that uh, you know, on the show tonight that did save themselves from marriage? Oh yeah,
5: uh, uh, hey hey Rodney, this is Matt. Yeah, I, I, I did. I, I saved myself until I got married um <coughs> to my wife about five years ago.
1: Oh wow. So you were wedding until your wedding night.
5: I mean you were yeah, virgin
1: until your wedding night.
5: Yeah, I was. I mean I think it was uh to me it was a decision that I made a long time ago way back when I was in um and and just like the other gentleman said earlier, I mean it was it was a moral decision, it was it was a uh, a, a Christian decision that I made. Um I I I grew up in the church. Uh I came from more of a the Catholic background. Um, when I grew up, I'm now in more of a Protestant uh, um, church now. Um, but as a Catholic, I mean, you go two, two ways. Um, either you're going to go crazy when you leave the church, um, when you get become an adult, or you become what I call the Pharisee mindset. Um, and that's kind of how I, I was brought up. Uh, it I was more of a self-righteous thing. That's how it started when I made that decision. And then once I kind of got into college and, and really developed a relationship with Jesus, um, I, I, I affirmed my decision again, only for different reasons—not to, not, not to uh, make that decision out of self-righteousness, but out of a, a decision of really wanting to give that
2: gift to my wife. <clears throat> That's awesome. Mm. So, Matt, I That's got a, i got a question for you. Sure. Uh, when I when I was a virgin. Way 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 back then, um, my requirement was for the girl that I was going to sleep with to be a virgin. Now I know I'm young. That was my decision when I were young. Now, uh, it was it a, was your wife a virgin when you met her, and did you have a requirement um, when you when you said I'm going to select this woman to be my wife? Was that one of the requirements? Like you know that she had to be a virgin as well, or? it did not matter um, at that point for you. I
5: I will say when when I first made the decision when I was a, uh, I would say a young man I mean back when I was 12 13 years old um I would say yes it was uh, a requirement. Um as I developed as a Christian um and, and as I de- um became closer to Christ that requirement kind of went away because when it, when it comes down to it when you really look at God's standard and this is how I I cause I've talked to many guys guys and women who, like the like the gentleman said, really wish they would have saved their their, their um, themselves for their their spouse. And I talked to them, and I, in order to make them at ease, I would tell them, you know what? You look at God's standard. If if me and you are are standing before God, none of us are virgins. You know what? I I I've committed adultery in my mind. I, I've I've lusted after women, um, in my mind, and to to God. God standard—that's adultery. That's so. If, if you want to play in God's um, um, playing field, I'm, the only difference between us is I haven't committed my physical body to a woman and stuff. So, and that kind of eases them up and, um, to where they can say, oh, "Okay, now this guy doesn't think he's better than me" and stuff. And they kind of right. start opening up and stuff. But as far right. as the requirement for my wife, no, I, I didn't. I wasn't looking for a virgin. I wasn't looking for somebody who. Um, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody's in a different uh, walk of walk of life, and to me, that just came with maturity. Where when I started, when I was a very baby Christian, the decision to to, to keep myself was out of self righteousness, to feel better than that I'm better than you or I'm better than that person. That's how I started the decision. When I grew up a little bit in, in Christ, I realized that I'm 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 not better than anybody. I, I mean when it comes to God's standard and stuff and, and really kind of um understanding that if, if my wife is is not a virgin isn't, you know what, you, you forgive you uh you allow uh you you allow for um we're all broken people, so you allow for that brokenness and stuff. So, um to me that's a matter of maturity, um when it comes to uh
2: so let, me, that let me let me ask you one more question, Matt. Sure. Now I, and I hear a couple of guys say this, and, I, and you know, um, people come uh, to, to my Facebook page, and, and one guy came and said um, that he found out his wife had slept with over 50 guys before he got married to her, but he met her in the church. Mm-hmm. And if he would have known that before, uh, that he wouldn't have married her. Um, but, you know, uh, she used to be a, in an escort business or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Would that still – is that still um, – is that still curtain in with hey you know you forgiven you done stuff in the past or it, would that be a limit on that as well or, or is that ever a conversation just you know based off of a selection of a, of, a, of a of a wife now is she is she is she on the same page as the one who slept with two guys and for, and is forgiven? Uh,
5: well, if you, I know some people will disagree with me on this. Um, men and women. Um, some people say, as far as what the number is um, um, for whoever you slept with and stuff. To me, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna commit your life to somebody, the man or woman needs to know the number. Um, should it matter? No. Um, it, it, to me, it, it shouldn't matter at all. Um, is it gonna bring up some issues? Oh yeah. I, I think it's gonna bring up some issues to where um, you're gonna have to have that conversation with your. With your spouse, like your wife, and say because I mean the devil or the the enemy or whoever you wanna call him is gonna play mind tricks and he's gonna he's gonna mm-hmm. say, well, you know what she's comparing you to this guy or this guy and this guy. you really need to put it out there on that table where where she can talk talk to you and you can talk as far as your experience and then I mean me and my wife have had very candid uh um conversations um she's had mm-hmm. she she's had multiple. Um partners and I've had just her so I have no one to compare to um mm-hmm. and uh and she's been very candid with me she and, and as far as the comparison she doesn't compare all any of that stuff so you just got to be truthful and be honest with each other and to me no it shouldn't it shouldn't matter but that conversation to me the number needs Has to be happened. known by the by okay. the other spouse yes
0: right awesome Mm-hmm.
2: Hey, hey, can I, yeah. can I ask you a question real quick? Uh, yeah, sure. Is, uh, is his name Tim Rodney?
1: Yeah, Tim, uh-huh. Yeah, Tim and Matt, okay. uh-huh.
2: Hey, Tim, I, I saw the show as well, and um, I think probably one of the things uh, about you that um that probably catches people off guard kind of is that, you you know, you're, you're a virgin at the age that you are. But I think the real hard thing for people to kind of really – grasp is you came across and you got a lot of swagger and just that you have so much swagger and you're still a, still a virgin it's kind of like mind boggling so I think that's the problem so I have two questions so my first question is and I know how important um, your uh, your uh, quest is for you and your and, and that you can be an example to others but haven't you already been an example like do you you feel like you have to continue to be a virgin? I mean, meaning remaining a virgin, meaning remaining unmarried to be an example
3: um, to people? No, I don't think that it's – like I said, you know, and um, the Apostle Paul is real clear on that as far as forbidding people to marry. So do I feel like it would lessen my impact if I got married, if I did it right, like the gentleman – uh, on the call tonight, who I commend, who was a virgin until he married his wife, you know, I could do that same thing and still have an effective testimony to say, you know, hey, I waited until I got married. So I don't feel like I have to, but I also don't feel like I have to go out of my way to to get married, you know, to be complete and whole. And I know people, you know, have said that to me. Matter of fact, somebody from the one of the producers from the show uh, said he didn't believe I was a virgin because of the kind of shoes I had on. I had on some, uh, I had some Gucci high top shoes on. I, you know, I like, I like clothes. I like to look good. And he said, Oh, what? he ain't no virgin. He wore Gucci shoes. I'm like, what does that have to do? Like, should a virgin be some corny nerdy guy that'll have no style, no swag? You know, I know how to treat a woman. I know how to be polite. I know how to open doors. I know how to pull her chair out. You know I know how to be be nice and be gentlemanly, um, and the fact that that doesn't go with being a virgin is is, is funny to me.
2: Well, that that's just the case. I would say nine hundred and ninety nine times out of a thousand, the guy you can look at a guy and say that it's fifty, and if you told him he was a virgin, he would probably fit a particular mold as far as appearance, far as far as swagger, as far as everything. No, else. I totally disagree.
3: So um,
2: no, yeah, I agree 52, with you. At fifty, not at twenty-two, but at 60, right is just a difference? And then, and so, and then, so my second, my second question to you is, um, I, I, I remember because one of the things as I was watching the show that was, and I'm, I'm just analyzing your particular situation, and, and then as I see the show going on, and I'm picking up, I'm like, this, this guy does not, and he don't have no problem getting no women. I, I know that's not the case. So. One thing you said on there is that I think you said you never had a girlfriend before. So in my mind in my mind, at your age with the the type of person that you come across, I know you wouldn't have a problem getting a woman. Are you on some type of protest against uh being in a relationship?
3: <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I think relationships are wonderful, you know. I matter of fact, one of the ways that I manage, you know, maintaining a celibate lifestyle is because I have a community of friends and family that I, you know, relate to. Uh, I'm not some, you know, monk or some hermit that's just in a cave, you know, praying and and fasting 24-7 and not social at all. I'm very social. I love people. I think the favorite thing about my job, uh, traveling, preaching, pastoring, is I get to build relationships, but I put healthy boundaries up as far as those relationships are concerned with the opposite sex. You know, so I'm not on a protest. I just got to be honest with you. It just really has, I I do not feel like I have met the right woman. I've met a lot of beautiful women, you know, a lot of intelligent women. I have female friends who I respect. But as far as a compatibility for, I don't believe in a boyfriend-girlfriend type of deal. I believe that if I'm going to show romantic interest in a woman, it's going to be with the intention of marrying her. In other words, to me, there's a difference between dating and courtship. Courtship is I'm committed enough to this relationship that I see us being married in the future. Where dating Mm -hmm. is just, you know, I want to be romantic with you, but I'm not really committed. So with me, I haven't found a woman, although I've, like I said, many attractive women. um, Never one that I said, let me take this to the next level. I, I want to marry her. I haven't gotten to that point with anybody that I've met thus far. And maybe my standards are high, uh, which they are, but I'll tell you it's so much better to have higher standards, you know, and be happy and unmarried than to lower your standard just to be with somebody and be miserable. I know lots of people that are miserable in their marriages, and I'm not trying to be miserable. Right, one more question. Really? Just
2: one more question, and while you were saying that, this kind of came sure. to my mind. Is there a, um, I personally make a clear distinction between getting to know somebody, i.e., dating somebody, and marrying them. Like, have you ever? You've never actually dated somebody with the intent of getting to know them better and potentially marrying them?
3: I've had some social interactions with with women that I that I had an interest in. But it never got to the point where it's like, let me date her. You know, it would be like, it's, I don't like the term dating because the dating term denotes romantic interest. You know what I mean? Um, but I have had social, you know, interactions with women that I found interesting and I pursued it to the point where I'm like, no, nah, that's not, it's not going to work for me. Or the or the attraction is not mutual. I mean, I know this is, uh, a lot of men don't want to do this because it kind of hurts our pride, but there have been women that I've been interested in that have not reciprocated the interest as well. I'm not damaged or hurt by that, and that's not something that hinders me from being in relationships in the future, but, you know, I've had that happen as well.
1: Hmm. So, so you say you don't, you know, everything on TV and the movies, is. <laughs> sexually explicit you know i have to be careful with my three you know i got two daughters 11 and seven and my two-year-old son but you say you have to be careful with what you do and where you go and those sort of things so on the flip side what do you do for fun
3: man i have a great life i love the gym i go to the gym uh every day that i can you know i have my my uh, partners in there that i work out with um i love you know doing things with my church members. We, you know, have a uh, lot of social things going on where we get together. Um, you know, I have lots of friends and uh, I like to read. I like to travel. I've had a chance to go to South Africa, which I highly recommend. Everybody should go to South Africa. It's, it's amazing. It'll it'll, it'll change your life. Um, you know, travel. I'm interested in uh, current events, politics. I follow it all. Um, I got, Bookcases full of books. I like to study different cultures, um, different nations, uh, different languages. So yeah, I have a full I have a full plate.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, hey Jim.
2: Let me ask you, let me just make one comment uh, about what you said to, to my man Malcolm. Uh, you said you know a lot of friends that was in marriages and they were miserable. Um, I'm gonna I hate to disappoint you, but you know, in any marriage. I don't think that you can get married to a woman and at some point in time not be or not feel miserable. And then but but because you're 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 learning to be at that point uh having an unselfish uh lifestyle. And, and I'm not not to say that your lifestyle is selfish, but when you're by yourself you get to go your own way, do your own thing without anybody's permission. Now you have to sort, so to speak give that up and and it and it takes some uh it's a it's a transition and during that transition it could be miserable so uh I would think to to say at the least all marriages at some point in time until the persons uh begin to relinquish their unselfishness they gonna it, it, that is a miserable time. So, I, I agree don't, don't with you. Fail a, a failure just because it's it's a miserable time. Because it can be. Right. Bad. I agree with you 100%. Yeah.
3: yeah. I'm not saying when I make that statement, although people are married that are miserable, I don't mean that people are going through the normal testing that a marriage does. Um, and you're so right when you say, you know, marriage, I've said this marriage is God's weapon against our selfish nature. Because marriage, it does put a demand on you to be selfless and to put your spouse's needs before your own. So everybody right. does experience uh, miserable moments in their marriage. But I know people who just cannot make it work. And uh, I had a, a a good friend of mine, uh, like a brother, like a little brother, and, you know, he wanted to marry this girl. And I sat down with them and counseled with them, and I was like, y'all are not ready. And... um She argued with me, and, yeah, we are ready, and he's going to be really hurt if you don't do the wedding ceremony. You know, he wanted you. You've been like a brother to him. You know, his father's not in his life. You've been a father figure, so you need to do the ceremony. I said, okay, cool, I'll do it. I'm doing it out of an obligation, you know, because I love you all. But I'm telling you right now, this marriage is doomed to fail if you all don't really get serious about understanding the dynamics of a marriage, the role of a husband, the role of a wife. And they was like, yeah, yeah, yadda yadda yaddy. Why is she on my phone every single week crying?
0: Mm-hmm. Because,
3: you no, know, he's not doing what he needs to do as a husband. And then when I talk to him, oh, all she does is fuss all day, you know, all night. I can't please her, so forget it. So I agree with you. Our marriages get tested, but a whole lot of marriages should have never happened. Because people That's don't true. take the time to lay the right foundation in the marriage. And like my man just said, you know, and the fact that you said about being selfish and how that being an attack on your selfishness, that lets me know that you know a lot about marriage. You know how to be yes. successful in the marriage. Most men, brother, they don't have that revelation. Right. And most right. women don't either. Most women have unrealistic expectations for their man, and men have unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of their women. And so we have so many marriages that fail some of them should have never happened some of them could have been salvaged with had they both been willing to submit to some good sound counsel and like you said die to their selves
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly.
3: so i believe it i believe in marriage and i'm not like against it or i'm not thinking that it ain't going to work for me or you know i i believe it's good i believe if it ever happens for me it will be wonderful it will have its moments But, you know, we can get through it if we lay the right foundation. Jesus said that, you know, you build a house, it doesn't matter how good the house looks if it's not built on a solid foundation. And I think that's where the important part comes in, is nobody admires the foundation on a house. But when the storms come, that foundation is going to determine whether the house is going to stand or fall. Awesome. Hey, Rodney, can can I make a comment? Yeah, go ahead, brother. Yeah. The
5: the one thing that when I I save myself, um, I, I think that a lot of people, a lot of young people, are not being told is really how to be single, <clears throat> and and to me, excuse me, <clears throat> to me, my journey. I mean, I was twenty eight when I finally married my wife, um, and I um, <clears throat> I saved myself the, the entire time. And when I look through um, those well twenty eight years, um, especially. The last 10 or so when I was an adult, um, I looked at saving myself as not so much as just that decision. To me, it was more of about developing a wholeness, a singleness um, with Christ. Um, and to me, it was also about investing, investing in myself that will pay off later with my wife and my kids and stuff. For example, getting my college degrees out of the way. Working on some of the baggage that I had that kept coming out of uh, um, my relationships with with my parents and, and, and all that stuff. Being able to travel, being able to do all this stuff, so that when you do get married, I tell people all the time, dude, wait. When you get married, you have the rest of your life to be married. But if you mm-hmm. if you invest your time to being single, you'll have no regrets. When you are married, to say, man, I should have done this, or, man, I should have done that, whatever, you know what I mean. If, if you look at it as an investment into your future spouse or in, in your children, um, it the decision to me it becomes more clearer and it makes more sense and stuff. If you're making the decision to stay celibate just for whatever um, reason, it's got to be something that's gonna um, it's got to be uh, something that's gonna hold. It's, that's going to be permanent. You know what I mean? Your your conviction has to be um enough
1: to um,
5: kind of what how, how would I say? it, um, be tested by those temptations and every, everything else. I mean, just because you're a, um you've never had it doesn't mean the temptation doesn't um doesn't come. But if you have those reasons why you're doing it whether it's having a a good single life, being able to do the stuff that you want to do, have the freedom, whatever, um getting some of the stuff out of the way, um, um saving money down the road, all that stuff. Do you have those uh those those and learning how to be just single. And and I I look at a lot of these um kids out here, these young, twenty year olds, um or and younger, they don't know how to be by themselves and be happy. And and they don't know mm-hmm. that wholeness. Um, and to me, I got to that point. I, 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 in my 20s, I was happy. You know, I, I, I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't have any of that stuff. But I was traveling the world. I was doing great stuff. I was getting my degrees out of the way. I was having a lot of fun and stuff without doing it. And to me, if a, a lot of people miss out on that. They really do. They really think that they have to be with that other person to feel whole, to feel complete, to feel happy. And it's 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 such a
2: lie. Mm. So let me let me ask you a question, Matt. Um, yeah. Did, did your did your wife have kids before you you married her? Yes,
5: yeah, she had a she had an eighteen month old when I married her.
2: Okay. Did that? See, that's a no, that's a whole other animal. Would you mm-hmm. think, or, or did you have to uh, learn to cope with that as well?
5: Well, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I believe God was in that decision as well. I mean. When he brought me um my wife, um because one me and the child we clicked as soon as we met, um which helps um because I know my wife she said if he, if um her daughter and I didn't click there was it wasn't gonna happen, and stuff, I mean, she told me this later, she saw that we clicked right away, and she's like, "Whoa, whoa, what she's not freaking out around this guy, okay, um so um." To me, yeah, it, it did. It did have a little bit of a, a dynamic, but I also got. I, I don't like saying luck. I don't because you know what? I believe God was in it too. Um, the the um, um the biological father of my eldest daughter, um, he he made a lot of bad decisions in his life, and he just gave basically. He said, you know what, uh, Matt, um, you're being the um, the better man, and you're going to take care of her. I want to sign off my rights and he did. He signed off his rights. I didn't have to worry about a ba uh on baby daddy or whatever um and all that um um conflict that comes with that. Um now he he has remarried and he has he's become bored again and he, he's gotten his life together. And when when my eldest daughter gets old enough um, um we'll probably reintroduce her um, to the biological father um and stuff, but um yeah, we I, I hate saying lucky as far as saying we got lucky. I believe God really worked in that uh, that relationship. He he brought me the right woman um, even though she did have a child and he brought me the circumstances to where I was like, oh wow. Yeah, I'm getting a child with this woman, um, um, with this wife, Um, but um, he also gave me the biological father as well that said, you know what? My life's a mess right now. You, You take it and 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 I to be honest with you, I, I was really impressed. I was like, wow, he's actually putting the 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 child above his own needs and his own selfishness and stuff. It it, it and he signed the adoption papers and everything to where I could adopt my 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 daughter, uh, <clears throat> my eldest daughter now, and stuff. So yeah, it does have it doesn't always work out that way, unfortunately. Um, but that's where we we were really blessed to have that situation.
1: Yeah, Matt. How how old were you when you got married?
5: I was I was twenty eight years old, when I got okay. married.
1: So you were the twenty eight year old version.
5: Yeah, I was the twenty eight year old version. But, but you know what? To be <laughs> honest with you, uh, um, I was I, I I would agree with the pastor that uh, that you do get those kind of looks, and you, you, I, I've been called gay and all that stuff in college and and stuff. But I also had the different. I also had the uh, um the other uh aspect come come to um come to, towards me as well. Um I I I went to college with a lot of guys um that were um um that had saved themselves. And I didn't go to like a Christian college. I I mean I put, I, I went to Michigan State. I mean, I love love Michigan State. It's a great school, it's a secular school. Um but they also have a lot of um Christian ministries uh, on that college campus. And I, I found the right people to hang out with. Um, and I, I developed that, that confidence um, that maybe I didn't have maybe in high school, where I, I would say in high school I was a little bit more ashamed. I kept to myself. But the nice thing is when when I went to college, I was like, man, we have all these guys, and and you you, you show up and you talk to these guys and the ministries and stuff, and you're like, wow, oh, man, maybe I'm not alone. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you do feel like you're the only one out there that's not um, putting themselves out there. And stuff, so I did have also the other experience where i had I had a lot of great guys, a lot of um female friends that <clears throat> that were uh that were uh saving themselves as well now, I'm not one of these people that would just put myself with just those people. I hung out with all types of people that and to be honest with you, it comes with your maturity um and your uh to be honest with your boldness and your confidence in yourself. When I when if people would ask me, I said, "Yeah, I am," and and uh, I'm I'm a virgin. I, I I've never been with a woman, and uh, they were a lot of them. A lot of them either were either shocked or they were just kind of fascinated. It's like, and they would actually talk to me about it, and I'd tell them why I did it, and they they actually respected me for why I why I made that decision and stuff. So I've I've had both sides of the coin um, when it comes to uh, um, making that decision and and interactions with people who 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 are uh, still rare. I don't think to be honest with you, I don't think it's as rare as a lot of people think it um uh, <clears throat> think it is. Um, I think there's a lot of men that are celibate but they're afraid um to kind of they don't have the boldness, they don't have the courage, um, to stand up for it. Um and that's uh they just kind of for lack of a better word, stay in the closet, um um as a as a celibate man.
1: Yeah. And, Matt, so you a 28-year-old virgin, and Tim, how old are you now? Hey, Tim, you still there? Tim, Tim, Paige and Tim. Well, anyway, um, you touched on um, something interesting there, you know, Matt, about – because I I just wish, you know – that we had some young cats on the show, man, because, I mean, we rock. This is a bunch of y'all old heads, you know, and yeah. do, do do we have any young guys on the show tonight, say, like, under the age of 30? You know, Matt, you were 28, but that was five years ago, so you beyond 30, and you all married up and got four or five kids now. But uh, um, do we, do we have any young guys that are, say, under the age of 30 on the show tonight? Yeah, Rodney, uh, I am. Okay, that's what's up, brother. So so what do you think about um you know, some of the stuff you've heard tonight?
2: Um, I mean I think all of it uh, all of it makes sense. Um and it's it's um it's just how you view it. Um for me, you know, I'm I'm twenty five years old, um and I'm still a virgin. And um you know, um you just you go kinda go through ups and downs. And, um, you know, it, it can be difficult going out with people, hanging out with people, um, because that that always sticks out, you know, especially, um, you know, your friends, you know, they know that you're a virgin, and, you know, they're always trying to hook you up with somebody, uh, yo, man, you need to do this, uh, you need to do that, uh, you know, I, I got somebody's, you know, uh, cousin's friend, and I'm going hook you up with her, so... Um, you know, all the points tonight, you know, are really right on the money. Um, and, you know, when you talk about, you know, our society now, it's just a lot of pressure. You know, um, I was kind of a kid who grew up and um a military brat. And so, you know, growing up, um, my parents didn't want to necessarily expose me to everything, um, you know, as far as, like, you know, the over-sexualization of, you know, uh, us as a society, they kind of just wanted me to be a kid. So, you know, I was kind of a late bloomer. And so, you know, you know, when everybody was talking sex in, like, eighth and ninth grade, I was still on, like, you know, cartoons and stuff like that. And, and um, you know, it, it's definitely um, been a hindrance socially because so much nowadays is all based in sex. And, um, you know, as I got older, my mentality kind of changed. You know, I, I didn't necessarily want to be be one of these guys that's out here just, you know, knocking chicks down for the sport of it. You know, I kind of wanted to be in a relationship and, um, you know, do the right thing. So I kind of got stuck. You know, most people, it's, it's a decision, but I, I kind of got stuck between, you know, being a morally sound guy growing up in church my entire life and just kind of being nervous and of, of being... You know that eyeball and 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 um, you know not measuring up because you know um, society kind of looks at you as as not being a man. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: So do you get the 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 gay label as well, like the other brothers were talking about?
2: No, I, I don't. I don't get that label. You know because I think it's um it's like the the pastor was saying you it's how you carry yourself. You know and um. You know, I guess you know people would consider me. You know, I, I don't. I wouldn't say a man's man, but you know, I'm big into sports. You know, I'm. You know, I, I still kind of talk about all the stuff that guys talk about. It's just, you know, when sex and girls comes up, you know, I get kind of quiet. You know, but you know, I guess I'm still considered one of the fellas. Gotcha. Real, real quick question to you. Do you um do you date women? Um, you know, to be honest, I've I've never never been on a date, so I'm kind of like the the twenty the twenty five year old version for real. Why why is that? Why haven't you been on a, a date? Um, I, I just I would say one thing about me is um um I don't think people notice me, and I and I think that's because I'm I'm not really confident. And I can say that that's one of the things I need to work on. Um, you know, my self-esteem as far as just you know, confidence in myself, confidence and being able to um, keep a conversation with a woman is, is, isn't is high. And so when I try to make the, the attempts to talk to women, you know, I kind of fall on my face. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. You know, it's kind of like, you, you know, you try and, you know, you try to make the effort. You know, you see a woman you want to talk to and then you know, uh, you know, you try to talk to her and she shows you no interest or you try to talk to her and something goes wrong. So, you know, it, just things like that. Just keep hanging around, bro. When they read up on the wrong dudes, they're going to come running right back to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, right, that, exactly. and, that, and that's another thing that um, I'm glad the Pastor talked about. And um, I think the guy's name was Matt. Because, you know, I've always heard that. But... That idea isn't appealing to me either because, you know, um, I know, you know, we're supposed to look at everybody as, you know, as equal as far as sin and how we, you know, how we conduct our lives before we get saved and before we really, um, you know, take those steps with Christ to really get serious. But for me, I have a problem, you know, with a woman, you know, going out there and i mean and and even um and even from a woman's perspective, I think a woman should have a problem with you know a guy doing this, but I have a problem with a woman being out there and you know constantly um you know getting into relationships, saying dudes, you know um getting cheated on or uh, you know just you know abusing her body as far as you know not waiting until she's married and just out there, and then all of a sudden she kind of wants to date the guy who. Wants to be in a relationship after she chose to date a whole bunch of dudes. Like, I feel like I should be a priority, you know, in that woman's life. I shouldn't be, oh, well, you know, I, I went through a lot of bad relationships. Let me get with this guy. You know, well, I, kinda... I don't think that that's the initial. Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, go,
0: go ahead,
2: sir. No, I was just saying, um, I don't think that that's the, that's the uh, intent. When they first start out, I think that people are promiscuous by uh, nature. Some are. And certain, certain people, certain things happen to them at a young age, and that makes them promiscuous. Um, but all in all, I don't think they sit sitting back and say, okay, I'm going to have all my fun now, and then I'm going to meet the 30-year-old version or the 40-year-old version. I think that they go out there and due to misfortunes, certain things happen to them, and then they really settle down and say, God, send me who you have for me and I want somebody that that you would have for me. Now, unfortunately, it may be 3 or 4 kids later, but they do come to that conclusion after running up on some misfortune. You know, but one thing I haven't heard you mention a lot like the pastor and Matt uh was closely uh, grounded to and that and they were closely grounded to the word that kept them stable. Um so that that left any kind of like the pastor said he don't look at certain movies that tempt his mind or or anything like that. I wonder I'm i I'm my question to you is do you it, you you haven't said you strayed away from certain things like that. So do you do you stay grounded to the to the word or you just stay true to yourself as a version because you you is hitting misses out here because of your confidence level. Um I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think you know, for me, um, you know, there's certain things that I try not to 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 get into, you know, and there's certain things I try not to do because you know, like I said, I, I grew up in the church, so um, you know, even though I haven't, um, I wouldn't say I mean I'm a Christian, but I I, w- I wouldn't say that I'm you know the most avid Bible reader, um, but I, I do have faith in Christ. Um. So I I think it's a little bit of both. So if the right girl comes along that's not all the way tied in her Christianity, and they say she's a noob and being a Christian, but she also used to be a freak, if she was to give you that kind of attention, you could fall to that based off of shockness that she would even talk to you. Um, No, and and it's funny that you mentioned that that's actually happened before, um, I I remember going on a church trip. It was to uh, acquire a fire, and uh, I remember prior to that, a girl who had a reputation in my my high school. Um, you know, she I guess she got interested in me, and she started talking to me. We were in the same Spanish class, and um, you know, she had a reputation, but I mean, it, I guess it hadn't been proven. You know, guys really didn't know whether or not she was a freak. Um. And, you know, she happened to go on a church trip with me. And, um, you know, I kind of just declined and, you know, really didn't pay her any mind. And and she ended up uh, uh, sleeping with a a couple guys that I was going to church with uh, on that trip. You know, so uh, in those instances, I kind of get frustrated. And it's like, you know, why do I have to um, deal with the women who you know have a a problem and and don't respect themselves you know why can i you know find a girl who you know is beautiful but respects herself and 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 um and um so you know i i don't i don't think that would happen what, yeah, I can what, tell you. i'm sorry what what
5: what's what's the young man's name twenty five year
0: old uh, my my name is my name is nick nate uh nick
5: this matt this is matt here I, I just want to make a comment. Um, I, I understand your frustration as far as finding those, because uh, um, I, I I I ran into a lot of females who were who, who are the same of the same problem. They had the same problem, and I got frustrated as well. And to me, I, the way I find, I mean the way I I see it um, today, I commend you for what you're doing right now, um, because to be honest with you, if we had more men uh, stepping up and doing what you're doing right now, um, we wouldn't have as many women out there, young women out there looking for that love. You know what I mean? Because to
0: me,
5: saving yourself, to me, it's not going to make you a great husband, but it's going to put you on that road to help you become a good husband and stuff. And being a good husband... Can also help you become a, a, a good father. And to me, you look at a lot of these females that are out here doing all that what they're doing out in the world. It's because men aren't aren't in the home. A, a lot of the a lot of these women do have daddy issues, and they're and and for they're looking for that that daddy love in, in um, from 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 a young man and stuff. So I understand the frustration. I think the men are out there doing the same thing. Um, they don't have the, the 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 man to kind of correct them and teach them how to be a man. I only say this because I mean my passion is men. I really want men to become who they really are in Christ and uh, who they really should be. But right now, the reason why that's happening is because men aren't doing their job in the home as fathers and as husbands, and uh, I think uh, that's the main reason why we. People, people who are like us, who who decide to decide to us save ourselves, um, are running into a lot of that right now. And I know that it's frustrating, but there, there's still a lot of females out there that are still saving themselves. Um, there's a lot of women out there that have realized that you know what. That, I agree with the other gentleman what he said as far as a uh, women. Women don't go out there try, trying to find the bad guy. I mean, some of them will like the bad guy, and they they stay, and they're still doing it, and they'll do it for years, but most guys, most women are out there trying to find a nice guy that just kind of, that they they want to enjoy being with, and eventually be a husband, and and, and them, and all that stuff, and then they just run into all these guys that just are hitting quit it, and just want to um, kind of um, use women as far as just their release, and stuff, It's, it's it, it's 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 really bad, but uh um to me that's that's the biggest reason and to me, I found out a lot of, about women just I had a lot of female friends in in college um- um and really sitting down with a lot of these women and talking to them and finding out how hurtful um um it is when they get with a guy and they give themselves to a guy and the guy's gone or he he does or he's basically hitting. Um a whole bunch of girls, and they were maybe the second mm-hmm. or third you know what I mean when you really really sit down and talk to them, and you really find out the hurt that um comes on these women because of because a lot mo- most of these women are not there are some women out there a- acting like guys um but most of these women are not out there trying to trying to spread themselves out like that, they're just trying to find that person, and society has taught them that in order to be in a relationship just like with with just like with guys in order to be in a relationship um you have to give it up
0: and stuff
2: so mm-hmm. I understand your frustration
0: mm-hmm.
2: but i i believe um with the with the gentleman is is twenty five years old um, i think your situation is not really quite quite fair um now you may be choosing. You may choose to be a virgin. and You may choose to wait until you you get married. But um, you gotta. I, I believe that you have to actually learn how to talk talk to women. And I think that probably one of the reasons you have problems uh, dating and getting to know a woman is because you probably psych, your, psych yourself out. They, they're like really not no different than anybody else, and they don't deserve so much more credit than you. They're not better than you. Because I heard you say something like, you know, you may say the wrong thing and all that other stuff. That that thinking is a problem. You, you I think you probably because somehow, some way, you ended up in a situation at 25 where you just giving them so much credit that they probably intimidate you in some form of fashion. And the way that you get along with your friends, just fine because you have more confidence. That's how you're gonna to have to deal with these women, and then you can actually see if it, if you're choosing to be a virgin or if it's just it just you ain't had the opportunity. Right, that's what I was saying earlier. I think that that opportunity thing hadn't happened, and and once it do strike, if he's not spiritually grounded, um, I'm not saying that you would give in to that. It's just that you something told you that that wasn't the right one, especially on a church trip you know where things can be at you can be exposed to your other members but to a a, a a a person that you meet out in the street online or whatever and or a person that someone else hook you up with and she appeared to be a christian and she appears to be the right one and 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 she give you that opportunity i i i don't know if you would say or you could be standing firm on your feet and say i would not Take that opportunity, especially if she's like me.
0: I mean, I, I think that's definitely something to, to think about because, I mean, um,
2: you know, the mind is strong, but so is the flesh. But, um,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: I, I think that's one of my, my biggest things, like I was talking about, you know, being, you know, with a woman that's been with a lot of partners. I think that's probably one of the things that scares me the most about um, like, seriously trying to get in a relationship now because there are so many times where you're thinking you're dating one person but that person is messing around with two or three people. And, and there there have been situations where I've, you know, made a lot of headway you know, talking with a girl and, you know, you're kind of ready to take that next step. And, you know, like, seriously think not just, you know, going out on a date or, you know, not just talking on the phone, I should say. And, um, you know, there have been instances where, you know, um, I remember one time I, you know, was really seriously talking to a girl, and, uh, you know, it was kind of embarrassing. But, I mean, you know, she she sent me a picture. You know, I won't say what she had or didn't have on in that picture. But, um, you know, she uh, I guess she forgot that uh, um, she was sending a picture to me because there were three other numbers um, on that picture. So wow. there's two on the phone. You know, it was four of us that she sent the photo to. And so I, you know, called one of the numbers that wasn't mine. You know, it was another dude. You know, the dude said, yeah, you know, I'm talking to such and such. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's, you know, that's what it is. So I think that I've had personal experiences um, as well as just not being confident and, you know, like the other guy said, you know, just learning to talk to Women like, you know, just, they're just regular folks, regular people you hang with. But I think that those personal issues and, you know, just looking at the dating scene now and, you know, uh, you know, my friend just got married and um, he actually slept with uh, his wife's uh, best friend who was also one of the maids of honor. And she knew about it. Oh. You know, oh. so things things like that had me like, eh. You know, mm. and, and, and mind you, their you know they their relations weren't together. So when he was with his wife dating, you know he wasn't with the girl. But you know, just things it's like that there. kind of make you yeah, it kind of makes you uneasy. So I think yeah. it's it's just all the thing. It's all about like a, a, a mind state to me.
1: Wow. Good work. Yeah, and I'll say that um, yeah, definitely a good word. I'll say that you've taken the first step because honestly talking to us, especially Malcolm, um, is, is, is a lot harder than talking, uh, to a woman, uh, because Malcolm be having some crazy questions. I thought I had crazy questions with that guy. And he gets started. It's like, Oh, you know, I, I cower in fear. It's like, what is he going to ask? You know, but you know, but I'm being serious. So I would think that, you know, cause uh, what, what we do here is essentially the Lions Den, And, um, they are grown men that won't um you know, won't won't engage with us, won't lock up with us, you know, as we have these uh deep discussions and you know you know, I I'll ask a question, you know, as far as do you think that um do you think that has there ever been a female that knew you were a virgin or found out that you were a virgin. I know how men think when they're, you know, before we were married and all these good things, when you found out that she was a virgin, you know, your eyebrow raised. But do you have you ever gotten that from a female where she was like, oh, you're a virgin? Oh, you know, I'm going to teach you some things. Or I, want, I want to be your first or whatever. Have you gotten that where you were sort of intriguing to a woman, you know, the same way where a virgin would be intriguing to a man?
2: Well, uh, um, first off, uh, you know, uh, as far as me, uh, you know, coming here tonight and just speaking, you know, uh, I uh, I actually know I know Rodney, so uh, you know I, I'm a big um, believer in supporting others. So when he asked me to come talk on the show, um, I definitely wanted to support. I'm really proud of the su- success he's having, but um, and well, and just just the entire shows happening. But um, as far as that question, yeah, it's, it's happened a couple times. You know, you know, one of my homeboys might have mentioned it, you know, try to give me a date. And, you know, it just, I mean, it wasn't necessarily a good feeling. You know, I know that probably sounds strange, but it was just like, you know, it was more like a mischievous, like, oh, you know, I would make you cry. You know, just, you know, random stuff that a chick might say, you know, because to her it's kind of a game, you know, and it's not,
0: you know anything serious, and she's not trying to build. She's just trying to, I guess. You know, talk another one up. You
2: know, so in you know many cases. Go ahead, Go ahead sir. Man. Go ahead, sir. No, no, I, I was just saying. Uh, you know, when I was a virgin, and and there was a time when everybody else weren't, but I was still young. It was still in the high school. Um, I had so much fun with people or women or girls trying to get me to sleep with them just to disappoint them. And and I commend you because I gave in to my, my, my uh, my ex-wife, you know, she was a virgin as well. And that, that's what got me with her. But when I tried to go back to pretend like I wasn't a virgin, I couldn't even play it off. They, it was like, they knew I was, I was lying. I knew I was lying. So I couldn't even keep a straight face, you know? So, um, but it wasn't it wasn't like uh it was it was almost a shame that I lost it you know what i mean so right. uh i commend you for 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 standing your ground but i just was i just think this is very dangerous ground uh for the simple fact hello yeah i'm I... Oh okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just think there's very dangerous, dangerous ground because I didn't mount myself to anything. I didn't ground myself to anything like the word, and that's the only thing that could have to, that could have kept me. Uh at first I was doing it for fun. Yeah, I was in a church and I, and then I, it it became something that I, I continued to do because I was a uh, a spectacle, if you will, and and it and it kind of matured into let me get somebody that's just like me, and I just so happen to do that. Unfortunately, that relationship didn't work out. So I'm thinking, oh, if I'm a virgin, she's a virgin, then everything is going to have to work out because we don't know how another person is. And and that's not true either if if you're not grounded to the word. so. Uh, but I, w- I will continue to pray for you because, you know, you, you really need that grounding station instead of a, a nice, voluptuous woman that pretends like she's on the same page as you. Right. I definitely agree with that. You know, but I think one of the things that's um, helped me is that I've kind of been um, kind of been career driven. Um, and so, you know, I, I have two jobs. Um, you know, I work for the government. Um, and, uh, you know... Well, when Belushi would come down the street,
4: when Belushi yeah. would come
2: down the street, that's not yeah. going to stop you from being with her.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on, man. And um, you know, you're a 25 year old virgin, and you know, uh, my man Tim from the show, he's a 50 year old virgin. Um, so you you halfway there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was a joke. Knock on wood and hope and hope I get married before
1: I turn 35. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Matt was 28, so, you know, we're good. But, fellas, um, I want to I wanna switch gears here. I want to switch gears. Um, I want to downshift on y'all. And uh, speaking of the ladies, you know, we're talking about the ladies. I want to drop a monkey wrench. Um, I read a blog post recently that was written by Samantha Pusley, and it was entitled, I waited until my wedding night to lose my virginity, and I wish I hadn't. That was the name of the blog post. I waited until my wedding night to lose my virginity, and I wish I hadn't. When Samantha was 10 years old, she took a pledge at her church alongside a group of other girls to remain a virgin until marriage. Believing that true love waits, she made a commitment to God, herself, her family, her friends, her future husband, and her future children to be sexually abstinent from this day until the day she entered a a marriage, a biblical marriage, um, as well as abstaining from, you know, heavy petting, pornography, you know, any actions that could lead to sexual arousal. Now, her church taught her that sex was for married people and that premarital sex was a sin. Once she got married, it would be her duty to fulfill her husband's sexual needs. She was told that if she remained pure, her marriage would be blessed by God, and if she didn't, it will fall apart and end in divorce as she took the virginity vow her parents were so proud of her for making such a spiritual decision her church encouraged her by telling her that her testimony would inspire other young girls to follow suit from this point forward her decision to remain pure became her entire identity so for over 10 years she says she wore her virginity like a badge of honor When she first met her boyfriend, who today is actually her husband, she told him right out the gate that she was saving herself for marriage. Her boyfriend at the time was cool with it because it was her body, her choice, and he loved her. They dated for six years before they got married, and she lost her virginity on her wedding night with her husband, just as she had promised that day when she was just 10 years old. Now, I'm going to pause this story right there, fella. Any, any Anybody got any thoughts on this, fellas? I'm going to pause this story right there. Anybody got any thoughts on this young lady and her pledge?
0: Why, why, did, it take her six, why did it take her six years to, uh, to marry her? Did, why, why did they date for six years before they got married? Does, does, is there they any comment a, on
1: that? Yeah, they were teenagers. They met when they were teenagers. They met when they so were they teenagers? Think, yeah, so they were, you know... 12, 13, I guess. You know, it was her first boyfriend. So, I mean, it was, I guess she didn't feel that the time was right. Did so she got married boy. at, like, 19? I think 19 or 20, yes, sir. Okay. All
2: right, all right. That's, that's certainly possible. Yeah, but
1: the, Any the other thoughts on this? But,
2: right. Well, you know. Yeah, I got a question. Okay, go ahead. You said she wore her virginity on her sleeve. What did you mean by that?
1: That was her identity. That was basically her I- entire identity. As um, I think Darren mentioned it, you know, it's almost like a how I want to say it, honor. like a mascot, like a mascot. You yeah. know, like like a badge of honor. Exactly, Darren. Exactly. So that was that was her identity. That she was, you know, this virgin. this this pure young lady.
2: You think that it might have backfired on her some kind of way? Mhm.
1: That's what I was thinking. I,
2: I I'm thinking that I'm thinking that you, you're so concentrating on wearing that badge that you you're blind to everything else. You're blind to see if he's if he's doing the same thing you're doing, if he's saving himself like you're saving yourself, or is is he really into church like you're really into church or uh, or if the things everything on that level has to be uh, you have to be cohesive. You have to be the same almost with your other partner. And then if you find out after marriage that they weren't saving themselves as you said that you were or as you did, then it's like a slap in the face, but it's too late because you're already married. But I'm not saying that that happened to her because I don't know, but I'm just saying other things could have happened. You know, in, in my case, my wife, my ex-wife, she just saw and start being promic- promiscuous after looking at porn, but that's another story. But that—that's what—that's what starts happening when you marry virgins, and then they get curious. But well, man, it's all like this. all to it. Is this all to sex and all to life? You know. But anyway, go ahead. So, okay, go, go ahead, Rodney.
1: No, I'm good. Um... But, I mean, she writes, you know, that an unhealthy mixture of pride, fear, and guilt helped her keep her pledge until they got married. And she said that when they were dating, any time they did anything remotely sexual, she was overwhelmed with guilt. And she didn't know what was considered sexual enough to condemn her future marriage. And she didn't even know if they were allowed to look at each other naked. You know, so all of these thoughts are, are running through her, her, her mind. Anybody got any, any thoughts on this?
4: Um, hi. I, you know, I know it's a man's show, but I I listen, you know, pretty often. So if you don't mind, I'd like to respond to – if you fellas don't mind, I'd like to respond to um, the, oh, the, the, the article about Samantha Pugsy. <laughs>
1: Here we go, fellas. Here we go. I'll, I'll let you respond. We, I can't make an exception. Um, go ahead, young lady. Okay, what, well, what first of all,
4: i like to commend the, you know, the fellows for, you know, abstaining and um, especially the one that's uh, 25 years old. I really want to commend him and tell him not to give up hope. There's plenty of young ladies out there that are, you know, doing the same thing, and it's not as uncommon as folks may think. You know, folks don't necessarily wear it as a badge, and they don't run around saying that. You know, I'm a virgin. You just don't know, so you know, don't give up hope, and there's somebody out there for you. So I just wanted to say that first and foremost. But secondly, in um, I abstained. I, you know, I'm the virgin when I married, and I don't have the same um, opinion about it that this young lady, who wrote the article, Samantha, has. I think what she you know, she looked at it as as a duty. She didn't look at it um, as, you know, beautiful and pure. Uh, She looked at it as a duty. She was raised to believe that, okay, if you don't have sex um, with, you know, if you don't have sex into your marriage and you're going to have a marriage, you know, that lasts um, forever, you're not going to have any problems in your marriage, you're not going to have any issues in your marriage, and that's what she was looking forward to. And it just didn't work out for her that way. I think that um, when we teach our children to abstain from sex, we should not tell them that. You know, we don't tell them that fairy tale. We need to tell them, um, you know, that up, you know, even if you do abstain, you're still going to run into these issues in your marriage, possibly. You have to work through those issues. We have to teach them how to be more realistic. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's a beautiful thing. It is. Um, I think you know, sex between a husband and wife for the first time is amazing. So I I definitely, you know, push for that. I really, you know, the the article, I I just don't necessarily agree with it.
1: Mm. And you say Uh, you abstain?
4: Yes, I did.
6: Ronnie Hmm. I, by you letting women intervene, I, I hope you'll let me talk as well, Ronnie. Oh, I, I definitely don't oh, want to get have, in me. I mean, <laughs> you can make it acceptable. for one. Let's Wait, wait a minute. Did you, did you abstain too? Did you
1: abstain? I me?
6: did. I did. I did. And I, I know the article. I want to speak because I know the article that you're talking about because the young lady's title of the article that she wished that she wouldn't, and that's what caught me when I saw it on the Internet. And I think that her issue became a thing of shame. She talked about... You know, like when she got married, how she had problems having sex with her husband because, you know, it was sort of like the Madonna whore complex of, you know, feeling dirty now that she had done something that, um, you know, again, she had abstained from for so long because that's what good girls do. And I, I abstained as well. And, I, I mean, again, one, her, one part in the article where she talked about everybody doing kind of like the walk of shame the very next day everybody knew what she had done. I could relate to that. But I think that um, it's important for parents to have a conversation. I abstained, and it wasn't because, you know, again, my parents had this religious conversation with me. It was almost because, in some sense for me, you know, again, it was in that that thing of not wanting to be one of those fast girls. Um, And Mm. so that was the initial thing for me. And so I just kind of – it was sort of a badge of honor for me in that, you know, I I wouldn't be called one of those fast girls. And I – I wouldn't have to worry about guys talking about me in the locker room as their latest conquest. Um, and then for me, it became a thing about holiness, and it really became about a, a, a way to to honor God and to to uh, have something pure and, and and exclusive to offer my husband on my wedding night. But I think it was important for me to get the biblical concept of it being a beautiful thing and a beautiful expression that happens between a man and a woman. And I think that that's what Samantha was lacking Um, in that she did see it as just a badge of honor. And then when she did have sex with even her husband, it became you know like a stain like her like her trophy got knocked off the shelf or something like that, rather than seeing that it really was a beautiful thing that she was able to offer to her
4: husband and him alone, so right, and she saw uh, it as a chore it was not you know it was not a thing of beauty for her was mm-hmm. more as a chore, Is
1: this <laughs> well. a guy's
2: show or a woman's show i'm I'm
1: getting confused <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back
2: we'll get guy back show. yeah. yeah.
6: Like, We're getting kicked off. I do want to say to the guys, I want to pose a question to the guys, because I hear you all talking and commending people, but I was recently in a setting with a whole bunch of married folks, and we were talking about the concept of what we preach to our kids, and a lot of them wanted to preach abstinence and abstaining to their daughters, but then they wanted to hand out condoms to their boys. And as a mother of a boy, I'm hoping my husband is listening, because I want to hear from you all your perspective about how we preach this purity to our boys and we teach yeah. our boys that, you know, this is something that they should strive for. And again for me I'm definitely going to be trying to teach that to my son because it's not impossible. If I can do it, he can do it. But I would love to hear the men speak on that perspective of what messaging we can give to our boys so that we have more men that are holding up this standard of of, of exclusivity, of purity. Hey, real quick well, what can I things- ask
0: you- Go
2: ahead. I, I, I just want to ask her a question And, and, I, and I don't want to miss that point that you do want to hear what we have to say About our sons son, About our abstaining But just um,
6: how old were you when you got married I was 25 And how old was your husband My husband was 25
2: Okay was he a virgin as well
6: He was not
2: Okay how long did you and him Date before you got married
6: Well We dated in high school Previously, mm-hmm. and then we met up again after college and then after we got uh after we dated when we met back up, it was a matter of months because we kind of already had that familiarity, but in between right. that time, of course we did we abstained.
2: Do you think that he could have possibly said he had just met you for the first time instead of having known you before? do you think that that man, your husband, could have dated you for say two years to get to know you without having sex with you?
6: Well, the period of dating my husband in high school and marrying him was seven years. And so in between that time, I did have significant long-term relationships with individuals where I did not engage in sexual relationships with them. Now, what they were doing, I mean, I cannot tell. We, they, we were supposed to be in exclusive relationships, but whether or not they were creeping on the on the side or whatever, you know, I don't know. But they didn't pressure me, and um, sex was not a part of our relationship
0: okay
2: well i'd like to take a stab at answering the question about um the husband giving a pat on the back to the son and the um and and and, and scolding his daughter as she doesn't supposed to put herself out there to all the men i had the same question posted on facebook uh, uh how to stay married for at least 100 years if you want to go look at the response but uh, another guy had that – another woman had that question as well because her son was being uh, pushed out there to have sex and given condoms when the daughter was, you know, sheltered a lot more. And and I and uh, always go back to the word on what's fair. And if, if a man is double-minded, that's that's a double-minded move. So if we're going to teach our daughters one thing, we need to teach our sons even the more because he's going to get married one day, and he don't want his wife – being like, you know, like he is. Now, you know, men, if a man have a have a statue or, or mounts on his wall saying, okay, or a black book, what we used to call it back in the day, you know, I got twenty women that I done smash. But if a woman show us that same black book that she has, she will be considered something different.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's the first thing that us men have to change our mindsets to teach. All of our children, hey, you need to abstain from sex. I have a 19-year-old son. Uh, he's still a virgin. Well, he left my house soon, uh, a little while ago, but I, so I'm not sure if he's a virgin now or not. But I know as long as he was in my house, he was. And my daughter, she's still a virgin as well. So, um, But I taught them t- the same. And if your husband uh, is going to teach one kid that, then you as a wife got to, Make sure he knows that hey, what stands for one stands for the other, and it has to be a firm ground. I,
5: if I, I would like to make a comment. I, I think the the biggest thing, um, because I grew up, um, with friends who, their dad be, Friday night, here's a, here's some condoms, go have fun, son. And 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 I, I saw it. I was like, wow. Um, but I think the biggest thing, um, that men don't do. And I, I grew up in a in a household where my dad my mom and dad were, they're married forty years. Um but my dad didn't talk I my dad never talked about sex. Um we never had a conversation. I never was really mentored by dad by my dad. So even if you're in a um a home with with a dad, there are a lot of dads that are not teaching. They're not mentoring um their sons or daughters. Um they're doing a lot of them are, and I'm, there are a lot of good ones out there, and I'm trying to do the same thing. Um, but there are a lot of men out there just doing the bare minimum. They're getting the paycheck, they're coming home, they're watching the the sports, they're doing, but they're not doing the actual mentoring, the teaching uh, of of our sons and daughters. And that's why, I mean, a lot of parents, men and women, they don't know their children. Um, and to to me, I think that's kind of a lost art, a lost uh, um um, something that's been lost from the family, uh, especially if you look at not not just single households where the man isn't there at all, but if you look at a lot of households where the man is there, it's not being taught. It's just that it's not it's not there at all. There's no mentor. There's no teaching, and, or there's just basically the dad is a dictator. You do it because I said it. You know what I mean? It's not. Uh, there's no kind of um, transition to where the kid is becoming a young adult. Um, there's no mentoring at all um, for these young men and women. So right. they 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 rely on the public education system. We call it health class um, when when we were growing up, and you learn from them and stuff. So my my dad never sat me down and said, "This is how you should you should act as a man." towards a woman, and you should act this or this or this. I mean, and I, I believe a lot of men, young men, never get that talk. We never learn how to be a man. And you I'd like
4: I, to ask a question, I, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, you mentioned that, you know, a lot of, you know, these young men and young women have to rely on the um, public, you know, uh, public school district, Um health class Um, and and what I found out as well that some of these public schools pass out, you know, condoms to Mm. the young men and, you know, without parental um, consent, which I'm totally against. Now, do you think that if um, the parents were more involved and they sat down and spoke to their kids and they they spoke about abstinence and preached abstinence to their kids, um, do you think that would have helped that would help versus, you know, the school tell basically telling the kids it's okay to have sex as long as you use protection. I think
5: no, that's not I, true. my 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 opinion is you, you have to have an honest discussion with your children. Right. And you gotta you gotta put your past out there too. And realize just to say I like my I don't have past. Um um but I I can talk to it. I can talk to um what what can be uh um you can you can teach them, you can mentor them through that process. And if you have an honest discussion with kids, they open up. I don't understand why hey, Matt are so scared about not talking to their kids. Go ahead.
2: Hey, is that Matt talking? Yeah, this is Matt. All right, Matt, this is Darren. Um, now, I, I I would have agreed with you before I tried to have that talk with my two children. And they are, even though they are virgins, What I was competing against, I'm thinking I'm going to have this birds and the bees talk with them, but the conversation um, evolved into why I don't allow them to hang out with their gay friends. Now, I say, well, are you gay? And and so what they're learning in school, uh, especially here in the area where we live in, in Maryland, um, in this district, they have what they uh, called a law where if the girl thinks that she's a girl... Then um then it's called yeah. a gender rights law. Yeah. And if she thinks that she's a girl, if the man of a boy thinks that he's a girl, he can use a girl's bathroom and vice versa. Yeah. So uh the school now what our what our teaching is we're competing with our yeah. children's learning and what they're seeing in school is what's to be right. So whatever we're teaching at home, they're learning something different in what they see at the schools so we really can't teach them especially the, the 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 young girls and boys we can't teach them about abstinence and well i'm i'm not saying you can't teach them because the bible says train them as they should go so they won't stray far but that doesn't stop them from being curious about what's going on because we got a two parent household but 80% of the children don't have that same support system at home
5: so yeah, we're we're I,
2: we're we're going against I, the grain
5: I agree. I, I I agree that we're going against the grain, but I also believe it's all about developing that relationship with your child to where right. they have confidence that you're telling the truth and they're going to trust in you rather than anybody else. And right. you, take, you have to do that from very young. When they're freaking mm-hmm. five, six, seven years old, right. you're teaching them so that they know, you know what? My dad's not going to lie to me. My dad, he's telling me the truth. And so they're going to, because I, I, to be honest with you, I, I was raised with a dad who made up stuff as he went. And I, I found out later that, and I, I still am today, I don't know if, if, when my dad talks if it's the truth or not. And that that's a really sad relationship to have. But you got to be able to develop that relationship with your kids where they say, "Nah, I don't believe that when when it comes to the school. And they just kind of fall back on the, the, the teachings that you have uh, um, learned that they have learned um, from you. So, yes, I do agree that you're going against the grain, but I think that you're the biggest, uh, even up until 18 years old. I know that the, the the friends are an influence, but you'll always be that large influence for those kids, I mean the largest influence for those kids. And to me it goes back to that establishing that relationship, mentoring, teaching these kids instead of just saying, do as I say, that's it. You can't just say do as I say. I mean,
0: you
5: you can do that with a two or three year old, um, but when they when they start getting six, seven, eight years old, you got to start telling them why you're telling them to do stuff and not to do stuff, and uh, to and they're you're not going to protect them forever. They're going to be curious about certain things and stuff, but you you got to establish that foundation, I believe, um, and it starts really young. Um, if you don't start young, it's going to be very difficult when they get twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old. To rein them in, to try to teach them what's truth and what's not.
2: I agree with you, but at the same time, when you're when you're trying to teach them to be a virgin and and, and tell them the importance of remaining one,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's just that you're competing with so much. It, I mean, it shouldn't be why, why, why to the point where you're not asking a question, but now you're questioning. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be that. And what you're saying, it evolved because I was trying, like you said, you know, I was going to answer the questions. But it became a now I'm getting challenged instead of just asked the question and they're taking my answers. It's like when I gave them an answer, they came back with another rebuttal to why that's jacked up. So well, I
5: think now I, I think what the other thing that we as men and fathers have failed our children as a whole is how to teach our children how to resolve conflict when somebody comes up against my beliefs beliefs or whatever it is do I just am I embarrassed am I ashamed of it or whatever whatever it is or do I have the confidence to stand up for myself do I have the and that's something that you teach a child to do and they they grow in that and stuff you look at a lot of these young men and women out there they only learn how to resolve conflict with other people when it comes to challenging their beliefs is through violence, whether violence through their words or actually physical violence and stuff. So to me that's another that's another skill that a, a parent should be teaching their children and how to resolve that conflict. When you meet that person and they're challenging your belief system and and you believe that your your belief system is truth, um, how do I resolve that? And that's where the parents should be teaching them
2: that A that, yeah, I can I me I, I believe it was you. It, are you the one that said you don't work? Yeah, I work. Oh, you work? Okay, it was another person. I, I think part of the problem in in, uh, in American society in society today is that you just don't have that much time to pour into your children. It's well, just so so busy and in, in everything, trying to pretty much maintain finances. Um in the type of the type of teachings that you're talking about in order for it to in my opinion at least in order for it to override what they see in school and stuff like that and on TV and on you know, all these video games um you would pretty much have to raise your children, your child differently than every than, than society uh, together you're done thinking going to
5: Oh I huh? I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean my kids aren't going to have video games they they're, they're right. gonna be limited on how much T V they can see. And the the, the music man, that comes man, into the house that, that's to me that's, I don't I don't
2: um, I don't that's, that's not um that's that's Okay, I'm sorry. Wait.
5: That's part of parenting. Is that yeah, I understand that there's limited time. Um but it's all about priority. I mean to me I mean, yeah, you can I, I understand. I mean I commute an hour each Hours each way. I mean, two hours out of the day. I'm commuting back and forth to work right. and stuff. My wife is working and stuff, and, and, and dealing with kids and everything. I understand, but it, it depends on what the, what the priority is, and and you really have to. And I'm not saying I'm not saying exclusively children uh, to where they're they're totally uh, they don't under, understand the world, but you have to uh, you have to uh, you have to take that time. I mean, that's that's how it is. I'm I'm with my little girls. I'm already taking them on daddy daughter dates so that they understand what a father, what what a man, how a man should be teaching, uh, treating them. And they're only I got a three year old and a seven year old. I'm already doing that. So when they get to 13 years old, and these young men coming to them um, thinking that they're special, my girls gonna be like, dude, my dad's done this for me forever. You better come with me with something better than that and stuff. You know what I mean? So to me it's it is it is time consuming, it is exhausting, but it it's just a matter of priorities to me.
2: Okay, I, I mean I, I I hear you and it sounds admirable but and I'm telling you I did that exactly what that's what that's what stone out I, I stood on. I was mm-hmm. standing right there on that same stone that you're talking about. Yeah. The problem was the competition was greater than me and my wife. And that competition being peer pressure, it was a lot it was a lot of that that they had that they came to me about, even at Bible study, even yeah. everything in the word that they challenged when it came down when it comes down to
0: being a virgin
2: and saving yourself in their mind, it was old rules, it was something that was obsolete from what they were being taught in school, and they got, they and I think that they have classes at school. That teach anti Christian uh, principles,
0: oh, but yeah, they dude. just
2: they just put it in the they just put it in the history, you know, and oh, this is part of history, so we got to tell you this, and it's, it goes totally against what we're trying to teach at home as far as them remaining virgins,
0: yeah. And
2: then they go to these parties. You're trying to you can't keep them in the, you can't keep them up under your wing, so you, you let them don't. go to these parties. And 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 the party they have this game called the I don't know it was a rainbow game, and where the girls have on different lipstick and the guys at the end of the night see how many colors that they yeah. have around their penis the night went went about and whoever has yeah. the most colors win. So these other things, I mean, I, when we used to go to parties, it was nothing like that. No, but this I is know. what we're competing against. So who knows what it's going to be like when your three year old turns. 16.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not criticizing you at all. You know what? I totally understand. Um, competing with the world right now is, is difficult, but I think it's also, uh, it's also something that we have to, we just have to deal with. We have to, I mean, yeah. we have to spend as much time with our kids as possible, to where they do trust us. They do uh, trust us that we're telling them the right thing, that they have something to lean back on. Um, and then, and then when it comes down to you've done everything. It goes down to prayer. You got to pray over your kids that they're going to make the right decisions, that they're going to uh, they're going to um, stand by what you've taught them and stuff, and you you let God take it from there. And you you can't be everywhere so all the time.
2: So why do you think you remained a virgin for all these these years if your father wasn't the one giving you the um, the insight on your virginity or? Staying away from certain things and you didn't even believe them like as you as you you stated. Well, uh, how, why do you think
0: go ahead.
5: To be honest with you, I mean it was part of my I mean I I, I was raised in the church. Uh, I had a um a catholic uh, upbringing um and to me um the the religion of, of that time was is something that I really connected to. Also, I had a really good relationship with my mom. Um so my mom also was that um she, now, okay. she didn't really teach me how to be a man, but she also kind of enforced that morality uh, uh, onto me and stuff. And then something that I took on, I took ownership of um, after a while, to where I was proud of it and I was really uh, it was something that I wanted to do and stuff. So, it,
0: okay, okay, as far as okay. my
5: faith is what kind of grounded me um, as far as continuing with that, uh, that that decision.
2: Are you married to an African American woman, Matt? I am. Okay, so, yeah, you were the one that Malcolm was talking about earlier. What's that? I think he asked um, at the time that you you, you spoke to us that you, you wasn't, your wife was the only one working at the time. So I don't know where he was going with that, but I think you stated that before, right?
5: No, I mean, no, I mean, my wife is a stay-at-home mom, but um, she's working now. But, no, I, I don't remember that part of the conversation as far as, as oh, okay. her work.
2: The reason I'd, um, I'd that, I had asked that, and you, rem- I guess you remember a conversation that would make you think it was Matt. Um, mm-hmm. Is because I was going to say maybe you have the time to to really do what you're saying needs to happen. But if you're working, I mean, I guess you you know you 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 no, try to make it happen. Yeah,
5: dude, I, I totally understand the the time schedule. I mean, it seems like our weekends are gone so fast, and <clears throat> and. Uh, to be honest with you, I wish I had that time to, to spend with my, my kids and stuff. But um, but the time that I do have, that's um, the reason I mean we, we do have friends and stuff, and we spend some time with friends and stuff. But right now, I mean, my focus is on the kids because uh, to me, I mean, the, the, the more you teach and, uh, when they're younger, um, when they're two, three, four, five, seven years old, it's, it's, it's not going to make it easy, but it's going to make it easier Deal with them when they get in those teenage years and stuff, but yeah, I, the, the time
1: schedules—it it sucks.
5: And stuff when you have kids and stuff, this, there's never enough time.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah,
1: and uh, back to Samantha, right before her wedding, she often got congratulated on keeping her virginity for so long. You know, one person actually commented that she was going to have one busy wedding night. And on the first night of her honeymoon, you know, she said she stood in the hotel bathroom wearing her white lingerie, thinking to herself, I made it. I'm a good Christian. And then they did it. She finally had sex, but it hurt. Everyone told her that it would be uncomfortable the first time, but what they didn't tell her was that she would be right back in that hotel bathroom afterwards, crying because sex felt dirty and wrong and sinful. Mm. Even though she was married and it was supposed to be okay now. So what do y'all think about this, fellas? She got the, the lingerie ready to put in work for the first time, ends up back in the bathroom, falling her eyes out
5: to be honest with you i think uh and just like the the lady said before the the woman was given an um, inaccurate um description of why she she should have been keeping herself to be honest with you when she when she says that keeping herself became a badge of honor, she had turned that virginity into to me, to me an idol a very uh, a small god where she mm-hmm. that became the only focus. And and when you make something um, something to God, um, you're going to be disappointed and stuff. So and, mm. and to me, uh, it, it's all about religion. It's not about a relationship with Christ. Where God is teaching you, is saying, "Hey, this is why I, I created sex. Sex is a a pleasurable thing. It's a good thing. It's something that I want you to have. But I want you to have it under these circumstances, not because I'm trying mm-hmm. to keep it from you. The problem is is that I'll even in the church, all they talk about is sex as part of the marriage. There's so much to a marriage than just sex. I mean, it is a good thing, but they don't teach you about all the rest of the stuff that comes with it and stuff. And when you you hold something up that high, um, um, a sexual experience, losing your virginity, you're going to be disappointed because you've made it a God, and you're going to find out that Mm -hmm. that that God is going to disappoint you um, very Uh quickly.
2: I agree. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, and it, it sounds to me like if she was doing it out of um, commitment to God, um, somehow it, got, it backfired because, I mean, she had succeeded in her commitment to God. But somehow, some way, she had still clung on to it after she had had sex with her husband. That was a commitment. It sounded more like a commitment to herself and the people around her, you know, the, the commitment was made to them instead of truly God you know it it became a god to her and now that is it's finally there there and, and and he probably wasn't wasn't you know uh genuine not genuine he wasn't he wasn't um easy on her you know and I I don't even think it. it was that he he could have been easier on her just that she was a virgin and, and had never done it before but it's clear that it wasn't um I guess the point I was trying to make is that it was she thought it was a commitment to God, but she had fulfilled the commitment to God, so it was no reason for her to feel bad unless it was a commitment to something else. And that's what I was saying to um what's the other gentleman's name? Um uh Matt. I mean, yeah, the twenty eight year old virgin.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um that when that and the other the other virgin as well, you know, the twenty five year old virgin as well. I was saying to them, um, you know, if, if you put it on that pedal stool and you're disappointed, I remember just the second time, you know, the relate, a long relationship and being with my first wife. And then, um, then I was going to get in a relationship with my girlfriend, which became my, my wife now. Um, I remember when we, had, it felt, I felt like a virgin again. I cleansed myself. I mean, you know, people say whatever they want to say, but I, I said, I will keep myself until I'm married and you know, I won't do that. And you know, uh, I'm older and I'm, I'm in Christ and I kind of try to stay by that. And then I messed up with my, my second wife and I cried and I cried and I cried and she started crying and, uh, and she. She thought it was something wrong with her. And I was like, nah, it's just that I had made a vow, and I had disappointed myself, and I disappointed God. So it doesn't matter if, you, if you're if you going to save yourself for that. And, 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 and because it's the right thing to do, then you have to be careful that you don't make it something that you put on a mantle above all, even above God. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'm not I totally saying, agree. I'm not, go ahead. I'm, I'm not saying that Pastor Tim has done that or the, the the other guys have done that. It's just that you have to be careful. And that was the questions that Mas, uh, uh, Malcolm was asking Pastor Tim earlier, you know, Hey, what do you think this is? You know? So, but I'm sorry, go ahead.
5: No, I, I would totally agree. Uh, I would totally agree. I think, that's what when I was talking earlier uh that's how my decision started It's more of a self righteousness more of a religious kind of a, um decision not not so much as a relationship with christ not not trying to please God but just to make myself look good in front of other people to say I'm better right. and stuff that's that's how i that's how my decision started now as I matured hmm. i mean my my motivations God changes my motivations. God cares about those motivations of why you're doing certain things. Are you doing it to please yourself for your own self-glory, your own self-righteousness, or are you doing it to kind of glorify God and to really um, please God? Um, God cares about that. And, and if the motivations are correct, you're not going to feel like that woman felt when on her honeymoon. Um, if the motivations are wrong, you are. You're going to feel dirty. You're going to feel like man. Is this it? And you know what I mean? You know what I mean? If you put it on a pedestal like that, you're going to be disappointed. And stuff. so
0: mm-hmm. I mean, it
2: comes down to those motivations of why you're doing it. Hey, yeah. Matt, I got yeah. a question for you, and I think you could probably um, better than, than uh, others answer this question.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: in your opinion, um, I'm of the, the thought process that, in America at least, most males are probably end up being virgins, more so out of fear of women uh, than respect for uh, respect for women or respect for um, God. I think it has to do with an uncomfortableness and a fear of women uh, that that makes them go into their adulthood as virgins. Now, perhaps it, you perhaps they can grow in kind of like you did, and it switches over to a real commitment, and they just happen to be virgins when it happens. But I don't think it starts out like that at all. I think it's more just fear. Because everybody, for the most part, knows they should be trying to have sex when they're young, like in high school and all that other stuff, because of I mean, they I, believe that I think, at least. Go ahead. So, I mean, most people believe that they should be having sex at a young age because of peer pressure and all that other stuff, but I think it's fear that makes them not do it, uh, at least for men. Women is probably
5: different. I think it, for me, when I made that decision um, back when I was very young, it was a mixture of both. It was it was one. It was a fear of God. Um, it was it, there was a faith uh, aspect of it. But also at that when I was at that, that young age, <clears throat> I was a very reserved young man, um, and I, I had a lot of issues as far as communicating with people in general, much less communicating with a woman and stuff so as I matured um not only did my faith mature but myself as a as a man matured as far as how to communicate with women and other people and stuff so yes i would agree that fear had some some part in that as well
1: yeah and in Samantha's case it got worse yeah. she started to avoid undressing in front of her husband she tried not what? to kiss her husband too much you know so she wouldn't lead him on She dreaded bedtime because guess what? She thought that maybe her husband would want to have sex. And when he wanted to have sex, she fulfilled her wifely duties and obliged. And as we say on this show, she basically took one for the team. She loved her husband so much and wanted to make him happy, but she started to hate sex. She wanted to like having sex, but she didn't. So this you know the the quote unquote blessed marriage. Is this the blessed marriage that she was promised? How come how come waiting didn't give her a happily ever after?
0: To she
5: needed God,
1: like we said. Yeah,
0: yeah.
5: I mean, but it's also that she was given the wrong definition of what sex is for. I mean, I mean, it sounds like she was given a definition that um, sex was dirty and all this stuff. I mean, she wasn't properly. Told from a word from a, from a more mature woman or, or or a Christian woman to say yes, sex is good. It's not something that you should be um, feel dirty or or anything. And she wasn't given that proper definition uh, of what sex mm-hmm. should be.
2: Hmm. I would I would guess it almost sounds to me like because sex feels so good, um, and I know sex feels really really good to a female. It seemed like that would override any type of feeling of guilt, especially her logically knowing that she's having sex with her husband. So uh, it has to be something really, really, really wrong if she couldn't, if if the the good feeling couldn't override it, if the logic that this is your husband couldn't override it. um, I just don't see how she would sustain feeling like that about sex um, unless it was something really, really wrong with her. Yeah,
0: I agree.
1: I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it went on this way for almost two years before she finally broke down. You know, she felt kind of like a stranger in her own skin, as she says. And she finally told her husband everything. And her husband was horrified that she let him touch her when she didn't want him to. And he made her promise that she'd never do anything she didn't want to do ever again. And they immediately stopped having sex. They immediately oh, stopped no. having sex. Oh man! So oh. and her husband encouraged her to you know to oh, see a dude, therapist. That was a
5: mistake on his part. Hmm. I would. You uh. I mean, there's there's times when I don't feel like having sex and my wife does, and so I do it, and and vice versa. That's, that's okay. supposed to be scriptural. So, but I
2: think both but, of them might have been misguided, and I mean, let's keep in mind they were young. I mean, they were sounds like they were teenagers when they uh, when they got uh, married. So I mean, I just think it was immaturity all around. Yeah, and
0: that's oh. it. Hmm. Hey, I think
2: I got it with her. I think I know what it is.
0: <laughs> okay, she, she has
2: she has to have some level of dramatics in her life.
0: <laughs> that's I think true. I
2: think prior to, I think prior to having sex, the dramatics was the virgin. Now, now that that's no longer available to her, now the dramatics have to be not liking sex, and she has to mm. have something selfish to cling to, and that mm. and she she found something to cling to. Uh,
0: no. I would, to
5: be honest with you, I would kind of agree with you a little to, to a point. I think she just she's lost her identity. She doesn't know who she is anymore because she's so wrapped up in this identity for so long. That's yes, right. That. Um, that she doesn't know how to be, and to be honest with you, she—I mean—that's going to take some professional counseling to kind of work through. Just cutting off sex and all that stuff is not going to make the marriage work. And I mean, that—that's a professional going to have to work with that now.
2: Um, that's the same. As, that's the same. That's the same as these women. Um, that used to think that they they think that they're supermodels and they used to be supermodels perhaps. Mm -hmm. And then they start getting old and then their desire to look youthful become a, an absolute. So they get surgery and they get all these breast implants and they get tummy tucks until they turn into a total mess. And, and I think that she has that particular uh, somewhat of a dramatics, like, like Malcolm says, but you know, now she has no identity. If her identity was a virgin before, she can't have that anymore. She can't claim that title anymore, and it's miserable, and it hurts. And it's like, well, now I'm no longer known as uh, Casey the Virgin, or, you know, now I'm lo- no longer uh, known. It's it's nothing. It's like when you get aged. What, what's the age for d- you drinking alcohol? 21?
0: 21, you know,
2: once once you get to 21, you like, man, I can't wait till I get 21. I can't wait till I get 21. I can't wait till I get 21. And then you get to 21 and now you can drink like a fish. Nobody cares. And you know, now you drunk as a skunk and, and it's just overwhelming. And is you're throwing up all over the place and it's not as fun as it used to be, as you thought it was. Yep. And now you turn. now you're an alcoholic. So yep. it's just, I think it has that same concept um, as that.
5: It's no longer a sex issue. It's a, it's a it's a worth issue. It's an
2: identity issue. And how does a marriage be, survive without sex? Well, could it be that that she needs something to cling to? She just needs something of her own to cling to. And and I, I can understand that it's partly an identity an identity thing. But it plays out um, the way it plays out is that she has to have something personal to cling to. A claim the fame, so to speak. Well, to uh, me, that's uh, well, no, no, that's no, just something that she can just have of her own.
5: Yeah, but I think that's also a, a, a perfect description of, of pride that has to. Be, I mean, that's just pride. That's
0: all it is. Well, what did that
5: get Get a divorce. Well, I agree. It's unhealthy. It, it's just unhealthy. Um, that's something that she she that's something that she's going to have to deal with and stuff. But it's to me, it's just, it's just pride. It's something that you, you long for that you can't have anymore. And now it's becoming unhealthy, um, to where before being a virgin, wasn't really unhealthy, um, as far as she saw it. Um, but she realized afterwards, after she lost her virginity, um, now she doesn't have this identity. Now it's becoming to the point where it's unhealthy. The, the relationship is breaking down. Now there's no sex and stuff. So, I mean, it's, to me, it's, that's something that she's going to have to work work through. And to me, something like that, somebody else is going to have to walk them through. A professional has to walk through, walk walk that person through why they're acting the way they are and
2: um, why they, I mean. I think she's on the road to becoming gay. I think she's on the road to becoming gay. so, yes, that's sad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah is another,
5: I mean, you're
2: is. right.
1: Yeah, I mean you're right. I mean she did need uh, professional help because it it controlled her identity for so long. And mm-hmm. She got the professional help, you know that she needed, and um, you know, and today, you know, fellas, today uh, she does have sex with her husband again. But you know, here's here's the here's the monkey wrench, I guess. She said that she makes sure that it's because she has a sexual need, and not because she feels she's required to fulfill her husband's desires. No oh, wow. mm. y'all agree or disagree with that? She has 100% you know, disagree. Which... Why so?
2: Because it's not all about you, especially if you're going to call yep. yourself a Christian. If it says that your body is not yours and his is not his, then now you kind of, that gives her permission to kind of hold that against him and say, you know, hey, you ain't emptying the trash, no booty. You know, you're not doing this, yep. you ain't getting that. Or, and it gives her an excuse to to just, I mean, th- that's a selfish, that's something, that's very selfish. And I hope yep. she's not one of the guests on the phone. No. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? You, you know what happened? She, it, Nothing never changed. She just yep. reshaped it. She just reshaped it. At first it was virginity, mm. then it was hating having sex, and then it's sex on her turn. Like, she just Mm -hmm. reshaped the issue through the whole process. Right.
5: Wow. It's (laughs) it's definitely not biblical at all. It goes back to what Pastor was saying uh, at the beginning of the show um, about marriage being, I mean, it's God's weapon against your selfishness. Um, It's it's Mm -hmm. roughing out and it's becoming selfless. That's part of what marriage is all about is becoming selfless putting out mm-hmm. a person's needs above your own and stuff. And for her to say that, it's not a biblical view. I mean, uh, uh, her husband's needs should be a priority. Um, I'm not saying that she should be rolling over every night and and, and stuff, but what I'm saying is that she, if you're going to be married, can you, if it's going to be a biblical view. It has to be a mm-hmm. selfless view instead of a selfish
1: mm-hmm. view. That's right. That's right. Hmm. You you say the, the biblical view, Matt, And now Christmas is right around the corner. And if y'all remember the story, the angel Gabriel told the Virgin Mary that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and Jesus would be conceived through her. And the angel also encouraged, you know, Joseph not to fear marrying Mary, you know, that she was with child. Now, Jesus was born to a Virgin Mary. But why do y'all think that that was significant to be for him to be born through the Virgin Mary? Uh, to why identify
3: the Ooh,
2: deity in him.
1: Say, Say again. again.
2: To identify the deity in him. Well, explain. I do, well, okay. That, I mean, meaning meaning that he
0: obviously
2: had to be special. Mm. I, I would agree mm. with that. that. That that's
5: actually a really good, I mean, it, to, to show the specialness of who she's a, uh, um, who she's carrying. But I think also, I mean, it was prophesied for a long time. It's not just, I mean, it was yeah. prophesied for hundreds of years before that that the Virgin um, would. It also made it kind of like a, an identity to be able to look, hey going to be a virgin, so you got to look out, there's going to be a virgin out here that's going to have my son, you know what I mean, it's, it's also an identity thing, to kind of as a marker, as far as uh, looking, um, but it's also a specialness, but I also think, um, I, yeah, they say a virgin and stuff, but um, when it came to Mary, God chose Mary mostly more out of her attitude towards God, um, basically saying, let your will be done basically that's it um i think it was more out of attitude than anything and so but when it came to being uh um picking somebody um it's uh, I would agree with the gentleman who just said it i mean it's all about being special i mean it's 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 for a specific purpose um that you know, that uh jesus christ would be born of a virgin which is it's marking the kind of the the sanctity of his son coming into the world and stuff so that's just my opinion i don't know we'll find out on the other side of heaven and stuff but i don't i don't know
1: Mm -hmm. so he was born through a virgin and you know do do y'all think that jesus himself maintained his virginity the whole time while he was here on earth
2: I think that I know he maintained his virginity, but I know he had he met some problems with some women because women love a man that's in power mm-hmm. and out yeah. south front and out things. So, yeah, I know he met I know he met some women that was trying to holler at him like Pastor Tim. <laughs> there
1: there but y'all think that he maintained his uh, virginity the whole time, oh, the yes, entire sir. time? Oh
2: yes. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was sinless. Yeah, you should be without
1: saying. So. You never got married. Yeah, you know, but there was a book that recently came out. I don't know if y'all saw it or not, but it was uh, the newly translated ancient text, a lost gospel, they called it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the text was in the possession of the British Library since, you know, the mid 1800s, but only in recent years it attracted biblical scholars' attention. And this ancient text suggests that Jesus was not only married, but he had two children with uh, Mary Magdalene and long viewed as a close friend of Jesus. And these scholars argue that the original virgin Mary was actually Jesus' wife and not his mother. What do y'all think about this book, fellas, with this information? You buying it? Who was who was
2: his wife and not his mother?
1: Um, Mary Magdalene, according to the book, according to the mm. translation of the ancient te- ancient texts.
5: I, I, to me, I, 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 my my opinion is is these these kind of studies are distracting from the truth of the gospel. I mean, it, does it really matter? I mean, I, I I agree. I mean, a lot of people will say say that that's sacrilegious for me to say something like that, um, but. The the obvious question, uh, the obvious statement is that he was sinless. There's there's no there's nothing that shows that he even if he was married that he had committed a sin that he wasn't the son of God. Um, most historians would would agree with that 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 kind of statement. But to me, I mean, it, it's to me it's all distractions. It's distractions from the good news that he came back. He came to, to, to earth to save mankind. Um, where they're just trying to distract from from that message to where, uh, I mean, what, what was Jesus? Jesus is white or is he black? Was he married? Was he single? Who cares? I mean, to me, he he was here so that you could go to heaven if you believe in him. To me, that's the bottom line.
2: Mm-hmm. But just Good for words. just for healthy just for healthy conversation and debate, you know, not mm-hmm. not that it's going to challenge your yeah. your views on Christianity, but just you know, just for debate purposes. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything wrong with the conversation. No, no, uh,
5: no. Uh, that's not what I'm trying to. Uh, I'm not trying to squash the conversation. Uh, don't no, be, I'm, I'm not, don't I'm not
2: talking about. I'm, <laughs> I'm not talking about this conversation here. I'm talking about just in general when people bring up the lost books and, and things like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. just for healthy debate. You know. Well, when, I, when,
5: when
2: to me, it's just. I I don't think it really matters,
5: um, whether he was married or if he was. I don't. Be, my personal belief. I don't believe he was married. I believe a lot of this stuff is just fabricated. I think it is it, I don't think it's the truth. Um, I may be wrong. Um we may find a lot of surprises when we get on the other side of heaven. To me that's not gonna um shake my faith. It's not gonna um it's not something that uh um that I really kinda delve into, um, because it's the gospel, the good news is what's important to me. Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know what? What should we teach our teenage boys and uh, young adult men? Um, so, should we teach them to save themselves?
0: Definitely.
1: Yeah, now. it's just
2: not gonna. It, it's just not gonna. I mean, I'm not saying it's not gonna work. It's just very, very hard when their immediate surroundings are teaching them the opposite, and it's not cool. And and um, if you want to hang with us, you gotta smoke this or if you want to hang with us, you got to sleep with this girl and you need to smash this because, you know, this is your initiation to, to accept this. And, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of that going on more so than we realized. Um, but, you know, it, it, like, like, like Matt said, you know, you try to do something, you try to teach them certain things, but it's just not it's just not going to it's not, I mean I'm I'm talking from experience now Matt you know I I figured I had a real close relationship with my children but my competition was their peers uh peer pressure not not just necessarily their peers but peer pressure and I just couldn't I couldn't keep up with it you know I'm I'm willing to teach you what I know to be true from the Bible and then when peer pressure have them or me allowing them to question me or ask questions led them to say, you know, hey, well, did you did you save yourself a marriage? Uh, did you have sex before you got married? Well, how can you tell us? And that's what questions leave us, you know. And that's why I was telling you you have to be careful to not let the questions turn into questioning, and it, and it and it gets to the point where you're saying, okay, well, let me just because I did it didn't that I mean you should do it. Now you sound so hypocritical that you sound like you said your daddy was. You know what I mean? Well, I, I, I,
5: I monkey, go ahead, Matt, And then I
2: got I got a monkey wrench question.
5: I, I I totally agree. I I, I mean, I mean, you, you, all you can do is just you can do your best, and you you pray over your kids. I mean, and 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 they're gonna make mistakes and stuff. Um, there's no one right answer or wrong answer. Uh, to this, all you can do is do the best that you can and pray, um, and 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 pray that God, God will protect them, God will got help them make the right decisions, and and stuff. But I don't think it's like you you continue to teach them, you, you continue to teach and mentor them.
3: To me, I mean, uh,
5: my dad's generation was like, man, my job is to get you through high school, and that's it. To me, that I don't think that that um, that. I don't take that philosophy at all. Um, I'm your dad until I die, so I'm going to continue to teach you and mentor you as you go through life. And it's not going to stop when you hit 15 or 18 or 21 or 30 and stuff. So to me, yes, we should still teach our sons to um, maintain uh, the abstinence. And like I said before, I grew, I I was around a lot of people a lot of guys in college, believe it or not, a lot of guys that were in college that had never touched a woman. And I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, whatever. It's true. There's a lot of guys out there that don't. Now we're not going to advertise. We're not going to be like that woman that's badge of honor. If you don't ask us, we're probably not going to say anything. I mean, I don't I I I never told anybody, uh, unless I was actually asked. I didn't tell people that I wasn't sleeping around and all this stuff, if they ask me, I say, yeah, and then I explain, there's a lot of guys out there like that, believe it or not, in college, in high school, um, that are not having sex. That's the biggest lie out there right now is that everybody's having sex. It's so not true. Now, the people who are having sex and doing these stuff at the parties, they're getting all the the press. They're getting all the, the limelight. So it looks like everybody's doing it. Not everybody's doing it. And, and I just, I, I refuse to believe that lie. It wasn't true when I was um, uh, when I was growing up and when I was in college, and I don't believe it's true now. I really don't. We need to continue. We don't give up on our sons or daughters. We continue to teach them. We continue to mentor them. They're going to fall. They're going to mess up. But we continue to uh, um, do what needs to be done so that they can live a successful, and in my, my household, a, a successful Christian life uh, for them hopefully if they maintain that, that faith. And stuff, so um, that's, that's kind of just how I feel. I mean, there's more guys out there um, than you realize, Um, but guys don't advertise. I mean, dude, we we barely talk to each other and, and other people when we're grown and stuff. I mean, Guys have a lot of issues. We're not going to advertise something that's going to bring attention to our to negative attention or whatever. There's, there's 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 certain men out there that have the courage to be able to say, yeah. Like when I was in college, I told them and stuff, and most people respected me for it and moved on. It, it didn't bother them at all. Um, but a lot of the guys don't have that and stuff. So I just refuse to believe that um, because I, I I've seen it. I've seen, I um, mean, grown, grown men, 20, 25, 26 year old, and th- there was more than just one friend that I had. It was several men that I surrounded myself with, and we none of them had ever touched a woman. So I, mm. I think, to me, that's a, um, it, it's a lie that's put out there. Um, in high school, college, throughout life, <laughs> people, hey, you want to believe the lie and just kind of go along, that's fine. But... um but I think it is a, is a great lie that a lot of young people are just buying into.
0: Your words. All right, I got,
2: me, a, I got a quick monkey wrench question. Unless you got something else to say along those lines, That's a question. Anybody got anything? Mm-mm. Okay. I, I just want to ask this monkey wrench question, it's not monkey wrench question, and it's kind of in the same, it's in the same area. Um. So. There are some men that think this way. I want to tell my, I want to teach my son the right thing. I want to teach him abstinence, but I need to tell him how to handle yourself just in case something it doesn't go that way. So I want to teach him no sex, no sex, no sex, but I, I still think I need to pressure him just in case that don't work. Like, is there anything wrong with that?
5: What do you? Well, what do you mean as far as handling yourself? As far as, like, in the bed? Yeah,
2: no, no, not, not even not, not having good sex, but protecting yourself if you find yourself having sex. Making sure you don't get a girl pregnant. Or making sure, you know, well, that you just pretty much protect yourself if it's going to go that far. Well, the young lady on the phone earlier, she this was the same thing she was saying. you only talking about your son. Whatever you tell your son, you're going to be able to tell your daughter the same thing. Yep. Now, if you can, you know, like, like, like I used to say, if I used to tell my kids, if you can, uh, this is how you judge how you speak to other people out in public. If you can't say it, in, and you're not willing to say it in front of me, don't say it in, to your friends. If you're not going to curse in front of me, don't curse in front of them. So the same thing to parents. If you're not going to teach your daughter that, then why would you teach your son that? So if you want to tell your son, hey, if you're in a, in a, if you, if you're in a situation, son and baby girl, here's two condoms. You know. Here's one for you, baby girl, and one for you, son. But it needs to, the teaching needs to be across the board. Now, if you're not willing to do that, this is what most men shut up. No, that's my baby. You know, that's my baby girl. You know, I ain't trying to have nobody go up in my baby. No, it, it, it would don't have your son going up in somebody's daughter either. Yeah. Well, well I'm, I'm talking about a sincere, a sincere parent who is really serious about trying to teach their kid the right thing. I, I don't think that person would have a problem telling whether it's their daughter or
0: their
2: son. Well, I'm not like about I said, go ahead. no, I'm Stop. saying you're saying if you're in a situation, if your son is in the situation, you're only talking about your son, but you got to address that same question to your daughter uh, about daughters as well, even more so. If you find yourself in this situation, then what are you going to do?
0: You know, the way,
2: and the reason why that, that thought, like that type of thinking came into my mind, because I kind of imagine it, I can imagine, like, and this is kind of deep, but this is how my brain works. Um, if you had, say, some cavemen or something like that, and there was this big pit with, with, like, lions in it or something like that, you sit up there and you tell your kid, look, stay away from that pit. Stay away from that pit. But the father knows that the natural curiosity of the kid. Is going to have him hanging around the edge of that pit looking at those animals. And then so he's going to say, stay away from that pit. But just in case you fall in there, I need to teach you how to defend yourself from those animals because I don't want you to die just out of some some natural curiosity. So he teaches them. I can see them drilling it in, in them to stay away from the pit, but I can also see the uh, benefit in teaching them how to defend themselves just in case he fell in there. Well then, the curiosity grows because now I want to see if I can get in there and beat all of them. So you 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 got to be careful what you. What, it was a it was a when we had the, uh, married men don't talk show gathering here, um, um, I forgot when it was last month, and when we did that, it was a it was a woman here, and she remained, uh, she she remained absent from sex until she was married. And um, and she said, we asked her, did your mom tell you about condoms? Or I, I forgot how the conversation happened. But she stated that it was never an, an option. It was never an option. It was never spoke that if you do this, then this can protect you possibly. It was just never an option. It was just don't do it. Well, I think that was Rodney's way. It was just don't do it, and that was it.
1: It was. Yeah, it was, it was her because, you know, she made an inquiry, you know, about birth control and her mom right. there you t- go. told her it was like, you know, if you're going to do that, you know, you're on your own but I'm not, you know, signing any paperwork. I'm not taking you down there to get, you know, birth control pills and the reason being is because, you know, she has to stand before God and, and, and be accountable well, for her children and You know, initially, before, I think literally before we had, you know, children, you know, I had the opposite approach, you know, kind of like what Malcolm was talking about, you know, giving condoms or birth control or whatever the case may be as sort of a a plan B. Um, But when she, you know, she broke, when my wife broke that down to me about the accountability piece that Mm -hmm. I as a father will have to stand before God for my daughters and my son um, with how I raised them. And the, the situation is that, you know, I, at least that one, you know, i I'm, I'm, I have many flaws, um, with, you know, parenting and that sort of thing. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but you know, on that, that particular scenario, you know, I'm, I'm, we're teaching abstinence and we united in that. Um, and again, initially when we got married before we had children, that was not my position, but when it was broke down like that, when I'm going to be standing there and, you know, and I mean, that one thing I don't have to worry about, you know, because if they do get pregnant, they do get an STD, if they do get AIDS, you know, as Tim said, the condom breaks, you know, the brother that had five reasons, you know, for um, condoms not working or not being effective, you know, at least, you know, again, if if that ends up happening to them, you know, that was a decision that they chose to make and not, mommy and daddy endorse in any form or fashion you know so you know going back to Malcolm's question I mean it's pretty clear in our household you know we're teaching abstinence you can agree or disagree with that I don't care because they're my children you know and you know again I I have to stand before God you know for each one of them and be accountable for them and on that one you know that topic of sex premarital sex I'm going to be good, you know, because they're going to get a clear message from mommy and daddy. And if Mm -hmm. they decide, if if they decide to do otherwise, that's the decision that they chose to make, and they will have to stand and be accountable for that on their own. So So let me ask you a question.
0: So
2: they get an STD. Yep. And they made the decision, right? What's your plan of action after that? What are you going to do? You're on your own? Go find a doctor, get it cured, go do something else? What you going to tell them?
1: Well, it depends on their age. You know, if they're an adult, they're, you know, not out of you know, their own thing. No,
2: they're not an adult, a teenager. Sixteen. She's uh, the same well, age they, your wife went to her parents when she was 16, so 16. What you going to do?
1: Well, in that case, you know... They can't. I mean, their insurance is under you know our name, you know. So we have a decision to make. You know, do we let her carry the STD, or do we utilize the insurance? I choose the latter, and talk about them. You know, this is the consequences, and hopefully, it's so, something that you can get a prescription for. But if not, well, she'll she'll live with the consequences of her, of her actions, of her choices.
2: But but. but the point that I'm trying to make to you is it still falls back on you. So you can say, well, you know, I'm not going to support condoms.
5: I, I, t- I, I, d- th- I disagree. I totally disagree. Okay. Uh, and th- to me, I, I'm the same way uh, with Robbie. You have children? I, we're,
0: you have yes, children? And we're,
5: yeah, I have three children, and we're going to teach um, abstinence as well. And to me... Sure. It doesn't fall back on you if they mess up. You gotta teach. It's not just about teaching them how you teach them the right way. And to me, I believe abstinence is the right way. And you know what? If they mess up, it becomes a learning. It's something that you teach them. It's like, this is why you don't do this. This is you just, this is the consequences of uh, of your actions. That's a problem with a lot of these kids out here. They don't understand consequences. They just do what they feel. But but if your kid comes to you, I got STD, I got whatever, I'm pregnant or whatever, you, you, you teach them. And yes, it may come back on uh, you as far as if they're pregnant or whatever, having to help them and stuff. But you're teaching, it's not just about saying no, this is not, this is, this is the wrong way. It's also about teaching them a lifestyle of forgiveness, of how to handle certain setbacks when you make a mistake and stuff. So, so yes, you you teach them the right way right, on how to do things, and then they're gonna make mistakes, and then you teach them how to live with those consequences or deal with those consequences. That's okay, well listen, I mean, that's how it should be.
0: I hear you, and that sounds really textbook, which is cool. I hear you, I but the guy said that. earlier, he said
2: earlier, is there a back door? Is there a plan B if your plan A doesn't work? And somebody said, "No, there's no Plan B. There's no Plan B. We're not. We're going to teach absence, which is fine. But he says, if they fall off the cliff, what's the
1: Plan B? I
5: mean, well, that your,
1: you know, I mean, the, the thing is that you're forgetting that in a lot of cases, as in Matt's case, as in Tim's case, as in the bro- the young brothers' case, um, Plan A worked. Yes. Yeah. I think I think that we focus too much. on ain't oh, Hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on. Plan, so, would you say that their
2: cases are isolated, or the norm?
1: Uh, I don't know if isolated is the Tw- problem. A twenty-five-year-old virgin, a fifty-year-old virgin—is that the norm or isolated?
5: Well, I say I will say when you look at human history, it, it's the norm. When you look at you, when you look now, granted, we're looking at forty years right now, where this is—I mean. Marriage is, and the family unit has been broken down like n- nowhere else in history. Um, when you look at human history, it's the norm. You do—I you, mean, back in the day, you did not touch a woman, or you're they will kill you. And I, I mean, today, maybe it, it is isolated. Maybe it is not talk about, talked about like it was. But to me, I—I—I I, I disagree with. I mean, we're raising our birth, kids. We're raising our kids today, though, right?
2: You're saying. If, if, if the situation was, the question was for, for today, we're raising our kids today, being
1: that old and being a virgin is isolated. It's a beautiful thing, but it's still isolated. Yeah, but again, so I what's think what's plan B. I think I think the plan B option is a defeatist attitude. You're already defeated if you got a plan B. That's how I see it. Let me
2: ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Just going to ask you something. If you get into a jam, because you serve the Lord, if you get into a jam, does the Lord give you,
1: does He have your escape route already prepared? Hmm. I don't know if it's already prepared. I don't know, but I don't know if I agree with that. I absolutely agree with it.
0: You agree with it, Malcolm? I, I, I think, think he is. can prepare. I, I, I think run he into can prepare. Jam. He's, he's got a back door. He's got a back door for me to get out of that.
2: Because it can't be anything that I can't handle. So he's got a back door for me to get out of that, right? Mm, no. I'm, I'm thinking in the sense of salvation. I don't think he's. I don't think that Matt being vir- a virgin when he got married. is gonna put him in a better place in heaven than me. That wasn't. Hmm. No, I'm,
6: not I'm saying anything we,
2: like we that. Go, I'm thinking we all go into the same heaven, and I think that's the back. yeah, end. maybe you're gonna to have to struggle through some difficulties as a result, but this is minuscule. Uh, this time on Earth is minuscule in comparison to eternity. So, so well, did you, if he gives did you, you well, hold on a second. So, if, if the Lord will only give you what you can handle, he won't give you more than you can handle through this crazy life that we live in. How does that become?
1: in effect. How does
2: that promise
1: come to reality?
2: How I told my salvation.
1: I think it's plan A. I think it's all plan A. You think That's it's how all I plan see it? A? Yep. Alright. Because there's a the right so, rule. So, so, so the
2: person so the person with um the, the five the three kids out of wedlock, all that is plan
1: A? Yes. Okay. Really? Because of Romans 8, eight and Because Romans eight and twenty eight says what? All things, all you know what it says. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. No, no, no. How they why, work together? are not talking about. We're not talking about loving
2: the Lord. We're talking about a mistake that you made on Earth. That has nothing to do. Just because you're sleeping with somebody and getting pregnant and getting diseases, that doesn't mean you don't love God.
1: So the, I, didn't say that's, it that's, didn't. That's, I didn't say it didn't. I didn't, saying, I didn't said, say it didn't. I did just said Romans. That's what I said, said all things. Think. I, I, I it said nothing about love. It said all things work together for them that love the Lord. that's not what is that it, again? Again, no man. How
3: do they work together, Rodney?
1: Because we all make mistakes. So what yes, happens I mean. when we make a mistake? As what they said, uh, you'll you set up. What is what is it? How does somebody say that? Basically, your di- your diversion. Your mistake can turn into a, b- a blessing, huh? But you had to go that. You had to make a. You had to make that left turn to get back on the right road. It may be blessing for somebody else. That's not part of the plan. It could that's be. not part of It could be. How do you
2: know? Okay, so so if somebody died at twenty because somebody some idiot shot him, is that the that's that Romans twenty eight? No, I don't think so. That's because some idiot had a gun and he had the free will to shoot him. So you can't say all things work together. You know, you can't say that. For <laughs> those who love I didn't goal, say is, that,
0: but I didn't say it. Hold on, hold on. That's hold what on, you no, said. No, you quoted I just, it. I just,
2: yeah, I just that's, quoted it, but I didn't make it up. But, 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 but what you're quoting, it doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. So when, when you say those, you know, you're everything, talking about.
1: It says all things. So everything we're talking about is all-encompassing. What are you talking about? You no, know, you're talking everything about. Is, like, everything is inter- interrelated. Nothing is in isolation or in a silo. When you read the whole
2: scripture, you're talking about all things good to, to, for those who, who love the Lord, right? Who, who come together and work together for those who love the Lord. Loving the right. Lord has nothing to do with having sex before marriage. If you're choosing to do that, that's your free will to do that, and there's consequences behind that. So if you want to say that the way wait,
1: out… Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Let me let me ask you a question then, and I'll break it right down to what you just said. So, if you have two single men that claim to be Christians, and one pledges to remain abstinent, you know, until marriage, like the brothers did, and one does not, is it safe to say that only one is serious about their faith? No, no.
2: just one. One is more committed to his <laughs> his, his his choice. I mean, what, you could take you can take that same statement and say, what if you got two Christians and one is gay and one is not? You know, you can ask the same question in, in, in that as well. But you just your prayer would be for that one to turn his turn from his wicked ways, as Second uh, Chronicle seven fourteen says. But if he doesn't, then he gonna face consequences.
1: You you said you said two Christian men, right? So what makes them different again? One decides to remain abstinent, and one doesn't. I'm sorry, the phone broke up. Say it again? One does what? One decides One decides to remain abstinent, and one does hmm. not. Okay, so... So are they the what, same? They're the same guy?
3: Um, when you say they're the same guy, they're the same guy. They're both Christians, right?
1: Yes. They both you did say one was
3: atheist
2: and one was Christian. So if they're both Christian, then they're the same guy. Does the
3: Lord view them differently? I guess that's the question.
2: Yeah, I think he does view them differently into the one turn from his wicked ways. But he yeah, gives them time but, but, and but he got grace. Go ahead. But listen, also be lusting as well. You see what I'm saying? So we don't know the works that God has put in, in both of these people. Some people are more more advanced than others. Some people's faith is a little stronger. Some people are new. Some people are, are seasoned. We don't know that. But to Absolutely. say that they're different, you can't say they're different because they're both, they're both saved. They're both Christian.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: One just exercises his faith. but in it doesn't mean I'm not working not. towards it.
1: Right. But that's the, that, therein lies the question, are you working toward is the other guy working towards abstinence, or is he not?
0: You have to believe
2: that if he's a Christian, he's working towards it. Mm-hmm. And well, what do we, do we believe? We would and hope. And if he's a Christian, and if he's a Christian, and if he's a Christian, and an opportunity arises, just like I was a, I was sold-out Christian when I made the choice to speak with my current wife when we were just boyfriend and girlfriend. But that guilt was so hard on me that it, it weighed so heavy on me that I just cried like a baby. Now, does that make me any difference after I say, I repent, please forgive me? Am I am I looked at as the same guy who would have not taken that choice and, and slept with the woman? We're the same. It's no,
1: but the, di- the difference is that there's conviction. You were convicted, at, at the that's end why you bawling your eyes out. But versus a, a quote-unquote Christian who's sticking everything out here with no com- conviction. There is, there but is a the
2: difference. same at the end of the day. So you're saying that God is going to look at me different or Jesus is going to say, well, since you was convicted, you don't get to come. But since you didn't even do it, then you get to come. That, that's what grace is for.
1: Grace okay. is for that. So i again. Mm he knows that. He knows that already. He's just being constant. You have to ask you have to confess with your mouth. You have to confess, you know, confess. Just like you That's did. What you a conviction you. Is. So how did you wait? A minute, hold on, hold on. How, so you have to do that to become a what?
3: A Christian. To be born again, right? You said they're both Christians. So it's a rap after that point. Now you gotta work on me.
2: Now the Lord and the Holy Spirit is going to work on you once you make that confession and you believe
1: in your heart. Right or wrong? You're actually making my point. What, what, hey, you, what do you, you mean "work"? Me. Me. on so What is your point?
2: What's your, what's your point? The, the,
1: the, just like you said, what do you mean working on God, you listen, mean, listen, listen, right. Is, right, is the guy, work, if, is the guy listen, working listen, towards abstinence, yes or no?
3: Listen, listen, listen. If, if I was born again tomorrow, I mean
2: yesterday, and you were born again five years ago, where are we going to be in our faith?
1: What do you mean as far as where we're going to be? As far as our faith. who, wh- What level of faith are we going to be? The same?
2: Possibly, yes. Absolutely. No. No.
4: Not
2: Why not? Is the Lord going to love you more? Is the Lord going to love you more because you've been saved for five years and I've only been saved for one day? No. No. Okay, so that's, that's the point that we're making. That's the point I'm making anyway. I mean uh, Tony, hey, Tony uh, what what is your what is your point? 'Cause we were talking about um teaching your children abstinence completely or teaching them abstinence but just in case and then you, you gotta bring up this. So what is your point?
3: No, well we kinda got sidetracked, but
2: I was trying to make your point with the backup plan. Right. Because you you're said a that backup a plan. Idea? You said if you, you no, you said if you fall and I agree
3: with you.
1: Right. I Are agree you with what you're saying.
3: Idea? I'm right. saying it's a good idea. In today's world, it's a good idea because the temptation is there. We already know the
2: temptation is there, so then you leave them out in the drive because you're saying, "Okay, well, I'm going to stick to my absence. Now you can beat that into the ground, but like you said, if the temptation—remember, there's an adversary out to get our children—and we can't forget that. So if that's the case, then you got to say, "Okay," but if you get weak, here's an escape route. I don't. Now, now, I don't agree. I don't agree with that. Tony. I, <laughs> okay. and, and I, I don't agree okay. with that. Well for the simple okay. fact that but for the simple fact that if you as a parent and as the word say you as a parent should train your children in the way that they should go so they won't stray far. That's that's not that's not no options in there. It's it doesn't say well just in case you go the other way here's some here's some condoms and some contraceptives and all these other things. You take this pill if you think you're going to get pregnant after 24 hours and kill the fetus. No, that's not part of raising them as they should go. When you but raise here, them as they should go, go ahead. ahead. I, I mean, that, that's extraordinarily complex. And the, and the thing that I'm thinking about is these pastors' children, who I believe are getting raised in a way that they should go, but they end up kind of going left real hard for some mm-hmm. reason. So, pastors' children get go left real hard because their daddies are taking their kids, taking care of everybody else's household instead of their own. If you, you are giving everybody else attention, that's not an excuse. They're never at home. They are always counseling. They are always gone. They always on trips, missionaries, okay. and all that other stuff.
0: So, but they still.
2: Why something happened? You breaking up? Tony? You can't. I'm saying you are famous for looking for a reason why something may have happened. We don't know what happened in that pastor's house, but the fact is we do know that the kids have gone to the left without a backup plan, right or wrong. And it is a reason behind that. Yeah, but it's all different. Every pastor's kid has a different reason for going to the left. Just like
3: your They're kid, not, but my kid, everybody's kid got a different reason for going to the left. But like I was saying earlier, as a parent, whatever happens, it still comes back to us. <coughs>
0: You still got to deal with the aftermath of it. You
2: think, you think if your if your son becomes a raging murderer, or your door becomes Debbie Doug Dallas, you think it's all pointing at you, and it has nothing, is no onus on them at all? I'm not saying that, but you you as a parent, you still have to come to the rescue. Period. I don't. If they make a bad move, so what are you going to do, leave them out in the cold because they made a the decision? Did these
0: do that to no, you? No,
2: no, 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 no. We're not talking about what the aftermath. We're talking about... That's what I'm talking teaching. about. We're talking about the teaching that you teach them before they make that mistake. Rodney said that he teaches them children, he will teach them it, hey, no sex before marriage, period. Yeah. That's what yes. he's going to teach them, Right. I taught my children the same thing, no sex before marriage, period. I didn't provide any condoms to my son or daughter. I told Mm. them that what they should do in the way that they should go so they won't stray far. Now, I, I told them the same thing that Rodney's wife said. Hey, that's on you if you do it because I'm teaching you this way. If you do something else, that's on you. But I'm trying to tell you not to go down that street where they got 20 robbers with bats get and, it. and, and but I, I butt you and got your pants down. Don't go down that street. Now, if you want to be hard-headed and you go down there and get raped, don't come back, daddy, I, daddy da- I, I'm daddy, i going to love you the same, but it's going to be a I I told you so moment, and don't do it again. But that's what my teaching is. So that's the plan? Yes, that's the plan. Teach okay, him and it's a great plan. Uh, listen, I am not, that's a great plan. That's the way it should be. I think what Malcolm was saying, though, is what happens when that plan doesn't work as planned, then what? Then you tell them to get up, dust your skirt and your knees off, and, hey, try life again. But I taught you this way, and this is hey, why I stand on this side, because so that won't happen to you. Okay. Hey, Derek, real quick, is, is your position based strictly on biblical um, biblical um, advice, or are you saying... I I want to stay away from talking about condoms because I think that may encourage them. So I'm just not going to mention it. So those are two separate things. What what is is yours? It's biblical slash life lessons. This is what happened to me when I didn't do this, and I wish I had have done this, and I pray that you won't do this and follow in my footsteps and make the same mistakes. So I'm teaching them from a biblical perspective and I'm showing them when I went against the principles of the Bible, I fell in this trap that I don't want you to fall into. But, but why not tell your son how to protect himself just in case? Why would you stay away from that? Because that's not teaching him in the way that he should go. Okay.
1: Because my yeah, thing, I, I that... have
2: to teach them in the way they should go.
1: Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is that whose plan are we working off of? Are we working right. off God's plan or a little bit of, you know, all right, I see your plan, God, but I'm gonna do this over here. Like what, yeah, what, a, what do we do? I'm gonna help you out.
2: God don't need exactly.
1: no help he told you. He told <laughs> right. You. <laughs> his plan yeah. is straight up and down. You know, whether it be two thousand fourteen or nineteen fourteen. His plan is yeah. still the same. So whose okay. plan are we working off of?
0: It sounds good. I hear you. <laughs> it sounds
2: real good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> experiencing it when you experience it then you come back and say you know what maybe there should have been an escape route I know God's got escape routes for me there's been plenty of times where I got in a jam and he's given me a, a, a left door that I didn't even no think doubt. was there and it's called the ram no in doubt. the bush there was a ram in the bush for me when I said whoa and I didn't think it was there it's the only I am point not I make. saying that it's not available I'm not saying that it's not available but that's for God mm-hmm. to provide That's not that's not for for me to provide. It's for me to teach them the way they should go. So I'm sticking to that. Now, what happened after that, if you escape getting pregnant after he after the condom burst or you escape getting getting somebody pregnant or if you escape that bullet, that's because of grace on God's side. That's up to God at that point. But on me, the onus is on me to teach you, to show you the way that you should go. And I have to stand by that. That's awesome. And I'm
1: glad you brought up the condom example. But that's a per that's a perfect example because guess what? If he didn't if he practiced abstinence, would he have five children? Exactly. Exactly. No, he put the condom on five times and had five crumb snatches. And he, so left that he was his did plan with B. His kids. Right. Exactly. So now he need a plan C. <laughs> nah, he he, does. nah.
2: Look, look. If that happened to him, if that happened to him five times. He would be
0: going too hard. <laughs> <laughs> but, but listen, listen, listen,
2: listen, 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 and, and listen. And here's the crazy thing that I've been hearing from people when they start talking about abortions. Okay, this yep. guy don't make no mistakes. Wait, say that again. You broke up, Tony. Say it again. You broke up, yeah. I say what I hear when people start defending abortions, anti-abortions, right? They say God doesn't make mistakes. But that's not God's mistake. That's a person's choice, and God doesn't get in the way of personal choice. He doesn't get in the way of free will. He called it free will for a reason. It's your will to do whatever you will to do, but he didn't make no mistake in making you, but that's the person's choice to create another person outside of wedlock, wetlock or it's it's his choice to go around and be a rapist and impregnate people and get people uh, infected with AIDS. This girl, she wanted to infect 100 men with AIDS because she got infected by, with AIDS by some dude. That's not God's will. That's her will. Mm. I'm just telling you what I hear a lot of times when people talk about anti-abortions, they say, no, we're not killing no babies, because God didn't make no mistake. You never they, know what's in You never know what's the plan for that child. And it, you they know what I'm saying? Twisted. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but that doesn't mean they got, they're got right. They just got it twisted. they just some twisted folks. No, he doesn't make mistakes, but people can make mistakes. Mm-hmm.
1: There it is. And how, and how do we not make mistakes? By following Book. his word. But that's textbook. It, <laughs> it really is
2: textbook.
0: Is. <laughs> hey, well, uh, and, it and,
2: is and real quick. And, and check, this, check this out then, Darren. Um, do you think that, that a person, whether it be a human being or the devil, has the ability to take a man's life if God doesn't want it to happen? Do I think a person has the ability? Do I think God can intervene is your question. We going to get No, 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 What I no what I'm asking you is if a life is to God sign off on that. That's not something he in it is something I believe he don't sign off on. He don't get involved with if people make a decision to kill somebody. That's not something that God Can you Got you know so no, to
0: Bible? I well, I know to you. Well
2: then it happened. Bible. It's it's in the Bible. The joke it's when that Bible with Job. I mean, if you're a Bible was scholar, which I know you are, that that's was, the example that, was, that we was, have. No, that's the example that for for demonstrating to Job to to Satan from God. That was a, almost a bet type of thing. But that doesn't does it happen every day? Nah, because Satan ain't allowed in heaven no. The, more. Hey, Darren, the devil doesn't have the ability, nor does a human being have the ability to take a person's life without the permit without God allowing that to happen. So, so the reason I point that out is because I also think that a person can't create life
0: without God in it. Mm. The mm. Say that again.
2: And the, listen, the circumstances and the environment is created by God for those things to happen. Now, when those, those two people get together, married or not, if they get together and have sex, a baby is coming because he provided the wound and he provided the sperm already in the two individuals. But we Somebody had to provide that soul. That Somebody had to provide that soul. But it's, it's automatic. Not everybody gets babies. Not everybody gets pregnant. Hey, it's, it's it's automatic. It's a it's an automatic thing. But we got 40, 40 seconds, so we're going to have to shut it down. But we're going to have to hit that up on a, on later. <laughs> Thursday. Come on,
1: uh, uh, Malcolm. We'll pick it right. up next week. I, you know, only thing I'll say is that, you know, as, um, Tim said earlier, you know, he has a community of uh friends, you know, that help him, you know, with his uh face steps. So and I think that's what we do here. We're actually a community of friends to help us work all this stuff out and um you know, good dialogue folks and uh yes, interesting topic. And um we'll holler at y'all next week. Be easy, later on. All right. All right.